It is the new year, but WB's cover-up of Walter Hamada's Ray Fisher investigation indiscretions are positively old Hollywood. Also, where does Wonder Woman 1984 sit at the box office? Where does Patty Jenkins sit with Warner Brothers? And whatever happened to that Green Arrow and the Canary show? All that and more after these words from corporate overlords who are well beyond our control. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 623. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't dig it ourselves. If it's been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the man who once used a giant dildo as a teddy bear while sleeping in a stranger's yard, Jason Goss. Shit happens, dude. I mean, it was warm. <laughs> well, sure. I just, I just didn't understand why you had to swing it at those cops when they showed up. Like, they tried to take it from me. <laughs> well, that's not right. The warmth could have been from previous use, but I'm not here to judge that. I just, I needed it for what I needed it for. Well, you didn't need it to be vibrating. That actually helped the warmth. Oh, I figured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I laid it so. on my back for a while between the scapulas. Actually, really refreshing. <laughs> scapulas. <laughs> 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 I'm always anyway, thankful that night. you that you choose to roll with me on that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> One episode, I'm just gonna be like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Moving on. So, folks, happy New Year! Uh, this is the first episode of the new year for us. For it's, a, I know it already seems like a long year, but you know, hey, we got a long row ahead of us. Just yeah. tuck in. <laughs> you know, I saw that, that that news broke today that they were they're looking at uh, they want Nicole Kidman and uh, Javier Bardem to play uh, Lucy and Ricky <laughs> in a Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz biopic. And I saw someone just retweeted that and said, "2021, let me rest." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm kind of into Nicole Kidman. That could make sense. I don't know who the Javier guy is off the top of my head. Ooh, really? Yeah, I recognize the name, but I can't place it. I'm, I'm terrible at that. What you got? Uh, Give me a quick IMDb. Yeah. From, <laughs> dude from Stuff. He's from Stuff. I'd, uh, I'd know his uh, face if I saw that. Is it how are you reporting? Yeah. Well, Watching the country Javier for old men. Like, yep. Yeah. First thing, because it's trending now, is Javier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that, that guy. Work. Yeah. No country for old men. Yeah. Skyfall. Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. That could work. <laughs> <laughs> that dude I sometimes mistake for uh, uh, Dean Morgan. Oh, Jeffrey Dean. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. He does. He does. Uh, he does remind me of Jeffrey. Every now Dean and then, Morgan. at a glance, I'm like, was it him or the other guy? Yeah. Hmm. Like, which one has three names? Oh hey, man! I assure you, they both have three names. You just don't know about the one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a good assurance. You gotta just skip that shit. <laughs> Some ladies on. Shit ton of Delotted. Javier, I don't feel like filling out the middle board in here. Mm-hmm. Roll with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe you didn't fill out the middle. Go fuck yourself. Go get to ice. I haven't had water in 72 hours ago. Mm-hmm. All right, well, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. This is what the show is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to some news here in just a second. But, um, you know, I, I do want to thank the patrons. Of course. Uh, wonderful, glowing uh, sparkling patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the, uh, they are the sparkling great juice of my, uh, of my year. 
I, I don't know what I'm saying. So often this goes off the rails for you very quickly. Yes, it does. Uh, $1 if you want to join their ranks gets you every episode ad-free. $5 a month gets you that plus whatever else we decide to put up, which, um, you know, we put up a lot of stuff last month, so don't hold your breath. No. <laughs> so we're done for about a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to deal with Patreon or if you already do and want to help us out more, like some very generous people have, um, you can go to dconscreen.com and click the donate button. And there's also a merch store if you want to get some swag for your support. And uh, it is linked on dconscreen.com right next to the donate button. Mm-hmm. It says store. And, and uh, I, I would I would suggest that our 2020 output on Patreon was a little bit lower than previous. Really? <clears throat> I think so, maybe. Um, but I would be willing to suggest here before this committee with no standing and no ability to vote on the topic that uh, we might, you know, try to keep that a little bit up. Keep that a little bit up from what it was today or in 2020. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's I the mean, best you could possibly hope for that committee from this committee yeah. is a maybe. Sure. I mean, you know, the maybe thing a heartfelt is maybe. The thing about it is we do we do put up the ad-free episodes every week. Mm-hmm. I think only twice has Effie Ophelders of stealing the remote messaged me and said, "You bastard. <laughs> Why is this not up on Patreon yet?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Um shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> she knows there's like 72 steps to uploading a podcast. You, you miss one every once in a while. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Human error. happens. Human error. And I'm subhuman. So that's still doing pretty good, which is human for just trying your goddamn best. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you don't want to spend any money on us, uh, but still want to support us, five star written reviews on Apple podcasts are always a huge help sharing, uh, our show whenever we post it on social media is a huge help. Uh, just randomly telling people online, hey, we listen to these guys and it's not the worst damn thing ever. Mm-hmm. Huge help. Yeah, mentions so, really do help every once in a while. Anyway. Um, Everything goes a long way. It does. And we we uh, we appreciate all of it too. Mm-hmm. Like we go to bed at night thinking those wonderful people, those <laughs> wonderful, beautiful people. That's my thought right before I think, I'm not sure if I'm going to wake up. <laughs> usually i think something along the lines of man i love the people who like put our, our you know share our shit and um oh oh god no oh no i think i left the back door open mm. yeah <laughs> and and then i have to get up and go check and make sure that i locked it and then i have to like pee for a fourth time yeah all the and, cats are accounted for oh shit <laughs> there's no, only i forgot one, one. There's only one. No, just the one. Okay. <laughs> All the cats. How about you had two? It's a boy. No, that's been. Oh, oh, yeah, we did. That has one. Been one died. Sorry. Thanks. Forgot. Thanks for reminding. I'm so sorry. Me of yeah. That uh, that hit me late. My bad. Poor poor guy. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, let's talk about some news. This episode will be in the memory of that cat. Oh no, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> that cat didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Not two hot dams. Um, <laughs> so did you, um, have you heard about this, uh, Patty Jenkins on, uh, WTF with Mark Marin situation? I, I saw that it existed and really thought about listening and just, I, I already kind of knew the, the highlight. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I, I didn't go back and listen to the whole episode at all, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I ran across it. So she she did talk briefly about how um, 
WB uh, made her change the ending, mm-hmm. which is funny because it is my biggest issue with the movie, with the first movie. Mm. And um, she said, um, <laughs> well, Marin did tell her the effects worked for him. He said, I, you know, the light show was good as he puts it. And she says, I'm glad that was the only thing that the studio forced my hand on that. It was not supposed to be, it was supposed to be like, he never turns into Ares. The whole point of the movie was that you get there to the big monster and he's just standing there looking at you and says, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and the studio kept saying, okay, so we'll yeah. let you do that and then we'll see. And then I could feel it creeping up. And at the last minute, they were like, you know what? We want Ares to show up. And I was like, damn it. We don't have time to do, to do that now. And they're like, nope, you got to do it. Nope, make it happen. And so it pisses me off now because sometimes I read the reviews and the only thing that unanimously gets some shit about was those in pyrotechnics that like DC always does this. And the truth was it was them. The studio did make me do that and it wasn't right. In all fairness though, that doesn't mean that the critique's wrong because DC did make you do that. That's true. But she said, that's okay. She uh, did admit that she later came to terms and loved what they did for the movies for the movie's end. Uh, But just, she she didn't have enough time to make it look as good as she wanted it to. Um, I, and on record, you know, as a person who, uh, did not like Wonder Woman 1984 as a person who, you know, has given Patty Jenkins some shit Mm -hmm. for what he didn't like. I really like what she just proposed. I really like (laughs) the idea of there's no big bad. It's just Aries going, I didn't do anything. This was all them. I mean, I, I do like it because it's a nice twist. I, mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. thing I don't like about it is that historically, like even out of DC canon, Ares is super arrogant about like, ah, ha, 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 it was me. It it wouldn't feel super in character, but it also just kind of would crack me up to see him just smirking and be like, wasn't even me this time. They just did this shit. Yeah, no, like that's that's what I like about it. It's like someone as arrogant as Ares is still willing to go like, <laughs> no, this no, wasn't me. I was just this riding a wave, man. I didn't even. <laughs> and like, what could be more crushing to Wonder Woman than than the than the concept that it wasn't even like some kind of divine intervention? No, this is just their yeah. their nature. Um, yeah, but, I mean, <clears throat> after she goes through this whole personal journey about finding like the the wealth of uh, generosity and and worthwhile nature of mm-hmm. humanity, kind of thing. No, they're just fucked. I didn't even have to try. Sorry. Yeah. Like, and you know, you see uh, those horses over there in the, in the, in the, in the pasture, you see how they're fighting. That's me. I did that. <laughs> the, the, the bombs. I didn't even have to touch that. They just did this shit all by themselves. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And you know, I know, I know what this fan base, uh, generally feels about Joss Whedon. I share those thoughts, but one of my favorite bits and uh, cause you know, we can talk about David Greenwald. We can blame it on him. If we want to, mm-hmm. one of my favorite bits from angel is when he goes to Wolfram and Hart, the big evil lawyer company, the big law firm. And he demands to, you know, be taken down and they take him down. Like, uh, Holland Mathers takes him into the elevator and the elevator is just never ending and they're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you can talk to the partners presumably. And then the elevator just opens up and it's the street. And he's like, hell's already here. Like shit. Like, I love that. <laughs> like, we didn't have to do anything. Bit. We didn't have to do anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, it's a good so. bit. It's a good notion. I would not have mind. I, I The thing I would have liked to have seen in that in particular is just Diana reeling from the, like, the realization that she is hoping for and trying to inspire more in these people than they probably deserve. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. Yeah. And, and 
deciding ultimately that it's still worth it. But I mean, yeah, you know, given the choices, the, I'll just I'll throw my head in that way and you know, come what may. The last couple of weeks has been really eye opening for me in terms of like me realizing what kind of Wonder Woman I really want to see. Mm. And I'll tell you this: I think you can inspire hope while at the same time having Wonder Woman behead some people. <laughs> <laughs> Not opposed to this at all. And I'll, I'll I'll mention it briefly, but there was a uh, Zack Snyder posted a, a placeholder image of Diana holding heads, like severed heads during the Crimean War. Mm-hmm. It was a placeholder image for what Patty would eventually come in uh, to do. And uh, once they had put that story into place and Zack Snyder had a hand in that story. So, you know, I'm not I'm not just going like, you know, screw Patty Jenkins or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But um that Crimean war image with her holding those freaking severed heads were so, it was so cool. Oh, it's a good shot, man. <laughs> and I just, there was some interview and I didn't track it down or anything, but there's an interview where Patty Jenkins says, you know, women don't want to see that. And I was curious. I have basically, since I read her saying that I have gone to every woman I know and shown them that picture. I'm like, you saw Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. You've Check been this doing out. This personalized was, research. This was Zach's original idea about it. And then like, like every woman from my wife, my sisters, women I work with, my aunt, my grandmother, everyone has said, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, if she's a warrior, why wouldn't she lop off some heads? Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, that's the thing is like, uh, I mean, historically in the comics, uh, I mean, it's historically like the thing that, you know how the comics work. The, the, yes. the thing that rises to the top is the thing that we think is historically the most relevant, <laughs> and that keeps going. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So yes. overall, I know how the comics work. No, how did they work, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Quick recap of how comics work. What's I've popular stays popular. What's before. not popular is only not yeah. canon because it didn't become popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but like it, she's this uh, she's this like beacon of compassion and hope, right? And you know, inspiration. And in all the things that you could possibly, uh, you know, uh, pin to that idea. Yeah. But then when shit gets real, she will fuck you up. She yeah. She will absolutely fuck you up. It, it reminds me of um, of the 10th the Doctor. It reminds me of 10th Doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's full of compassion, full of hope for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, always about like, n- no one dies today, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, in his first outing, he's trying to figure out what kind of man he is. He saves the dude from the ledge. The guy still tries to kill him and he throws the tangerine and hits the button to make the platform fall. The guy falls to his death and he goes, no second chances. That's what kind of man I am. <laughs> like, that's what I feel about Wonder Woman. Like, yes. I do love that scene. That shit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. She, and she's really good at that, especially in the the current age that I'm, I've got just a ton of weeklies on right now that are, that all have her involved. Like the, the Scott Snyder wrap up to metal deeply involves her personal philosophy and just her being able to crawl out of this fucking despair and, and hopelessness into like finding just one sliver of humanity and, and hope to hold on to and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when she's at her strongest, still finding compassion to be the, the way to go and all that. Like it, it's all deeply inspiring and you're like crying, reading it. And then the next page she'll like gut somebody and you're like, yeah, you had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch fucked up. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, Wonder Woman offered you a hand, dude. You could, you could just, you could just done it, but no, no, you had to keep going. She taught you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The whole time you're rooting for the character. 
I'm a little bit like, let's, you know, okay, fine. Let Patty do Wonder Woman 3, but then let's do like Wonder Woman 3000, a show we're in the far future directed by George Miller, and she's got those heads. (laughs) 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 No, I, you know. Yeah. And honestly, like that picture did excite me more than anything I've seen in either Wonder Woman movie. (laughs) I was just like, oh, that's so cool. No, I'm st- I mean, I'm, I'm still taken by cer- uh, certain scenes in both. I mean, sure. No man's land sequence is like it's fantastic. So, so just good. Balls out. Good, man. I mean, oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. She's taking all the fire. You know? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just awe inspiring. Like it's hard. Like I, I just, it, it's one of those scenes where you're like, I'm just going to watch like, I'm just going to watch like a minute of it. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh my God, I'm still watching. This. Yeah. No, there was a lot to like in the, in the first one Roman movie. I thought, honestly. Yeah, I think you had some like overall conceptual problems with the second that were just never like I think there's even stuff in the second that you'd probably like just in its bubble, but contextual yeah, like within the framing of the movie that they gave it, I don't think it's ever gonna work for you. Yeah, it's just not. And that's um, fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean um and we'll talk a little bit more about that as, as the is, show goes uh, on. We've got some feedback, but it is philosophically troubled, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um as our last of- episode might have might have pointed out. <laughs> Yep. Uh, let's, let's actually talk about some Wonder Woman 84. Sure. It's done uh, $32.6 million, uh, at the domestic box office. It's done $99.5 million internationally, which brings it to $132.1 million worldwide, which is not terrible in the middle of this pandemic. No. I mean. Even though all of the headlines. Look, it has dropped, you know, into the rotten territory on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I know we don't get put a lot of, you know, just because I didn't like the movie doesn't mean we're going to suddenly start putting stock in that, but you know, it, Oh no, I'll fight you. I'll fight yeah, you the no. mat on the rotten tomatoes thing. If, I'm if, just if saying, ever you went that way, I will be here. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's <laughs> there. It's there. And because of that, which is where I'm going yeah. because of that now, you know, you know how like a movie comes out and then it slowly drops off at the box office sure. because of the rotten tomatoes score. I feel like. Now, like every site is going, Wonder Woman drops again. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's my biggest problem with the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Is it's not like it's some just innocuous site over there doing its own thing invalidly, mm-hmm. but it's a site that people report on, and mm-hmm. like the story gets it, it. It's not just a multiplier on the story; it's an exponent. Like they. Right. The story begets more of the story, begets more of the story. And the, the next thing you know, people aren't watching it because the story. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I've, I fully endorse watching the thing, subscribing to HBO Max. Concoct your own opinion of it. Don't just listen to me and say, Dave doesn't like it. Therefore, I'm going to hate it. Go and watch it and then tell me you hate it. Um, <laughs> because I, it's real and you don't like it. But if you do like it, tell me why I'm wrong. Explain to me what what, what my issues are. I know what some of my issues are as far as like, you know, why I dislike the movie. I've pretty right. much explained most of it. But um, anyway, uh, the film broke records on HBO Max, which is awesome. You know, yeah. they said uh, Andy for uh, for sale. That's funny. That's a funny name. Andy for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, vice president, <laughs> direct to consumer executive, vice president and general manager. Uh, at Warner Media said Wonder Woman 84 broke records and exceeded our expectations across all of our key viewing and subscriber metrics in its first 24 hours on the service. And the interest and momentum we're seeing indicates that 
This will likely continue well beyond the weekend. During these very difficult times, it was nice to give families the option of enjoying this uplifting film at home where theater view- viewing wasn't an option. All right, uplifting. <laughs> um, it wasn't uplifting for me. I I'm sorry. It, but um, <laughs> they've, I just, I, the, they're pushing that narrative so hard. I mean, I get it, but it, um, there were there were points outside yeah. of your conceptual mm-hmm. problems that were uplifting. They tried. Yeah. You know, yeah, we'll talk about it then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a research firm out there uh, <laughs> claiming that, uh, that this was via the Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. uh, said that one, the Wonder Woman sequel outstreamed both Hamilton and Soul. That which would is, be impressive if yeah, it actually outstreamed really Hamilton. good news for HBO Max. Um, I mean, Soul too, but yeah, Hamilton was, it was a giant event for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and they said that 23% of HBO Max's audience signed up for the streaming service to watch Wonder Woman 1984, and 14% of the audience plans to stick with the service for the foreseeable future, compared to 9% saying they will cancel the subscription soon. Neither Warner Media nor Disney have provided official 14, streaming numbers for the services. So that's 73% just went, eh. Yeah, well, you know, look, we, we've got 9% saying they're going to cancel their subscription soon. The numbers don't ever work like that. These people are contrarian, and they will forget about. They will forget they have the subscription, and they will not cancel. Oh, I I did that with uh, two different <laughs> Amazon services at some point, where I was like, "Why? When did I even get this, and for what?" Yeah, and that's why the subscription. And you can look it up. You can look it up, and and is is all over the place. Subscription services are very popular. I will tell you this in complete transparency as a person who offers a subscription service on Patreon, <laughs> the they, subscription services are important so that people will keep paying and not think about it. <laughs> I'm serious. People forget that, that that's why they do things like, oh, free trial. And then, you know, notice that all these all of these services, when the trial is up, you start getting charged. You have to put in a credit card up front. It's so that you will get charged. You don't forget about it. And then like a year later, you'll look up and go, oh, I do have HBO Max. Oh, I do have Disney Plus. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, that's just a thing that happens. And they're uh, actually, have you seen there are uh, services that will keep track of your subscriptions and mm-hmm. tell you when your due date's coming up? Really? I forget the name. I've just seen a couple ads for them. Basically, the, the idea was... You know, hey, that thing that you forgot about and ended up being, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, enlisted in. Yeah, we just kind of tell you before because they're not going to tell you. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've seen I've seen those advertised things that are like, by the way, you haven't um you haven't watched anything on Netflix in like two years. <laughs> do you want us to keep paying for this? You sure, you want to do that? Oh, you'll probably. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's. Uh... And see, ironically enough, um, you know. For me, like football ended yesterday. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in anything else going forward as far as anything that's actually going to be on live cable television that I just have to watch right then. Mm-hmm. I will I, I will call my cable company this week and cancel. We, we don't have like cable as in we have cable boxes and stuff. We have streaming. Mm-hmm. I will call and cancel the shit out of that streaming this week. Mm-hmm. But you're a hard ass. You're one of the few. That shit's costing me like 70 bucks a month. I didn't take hard ass. I'm just going to do that because it's bad money. Oh, no. I No, but I'm just saying most people aren't on top of that. Like, oh, well, it's also like, it's not even I'm like. I'm giving you I'm, a compliment, Jason. Well, I, Damn. I, come I on, man. It. Sorry. I, I'm not trying to even be meticulous. It just, for me, is a major event. It's like, as soon as football's over, 
as soon as college football really is over, I'm out. I'm good. I don't need anything else mm-hmm. streaming. It's a routine for me now. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this week and say, well, cancel that. Oh, you can't cancel it until so and so. Okay, that's fine. We'll just go ahead and cancel it then. I know the procedure. We're good here. Have a good day. <laughs> just just bounce me as soon as you can. I'm gonna call you in August and start this again. Just I'm not gonna pay for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I can't. I couldn't be bothered to. Uh, you know, I don't care about sports though, so I'm not gonna do that anyway. Um. <laughs> it, it's I literally just have it so I can do live events. That's it. That's impressive. There's got to be out. a better way. Uh, uh, there, there probably are better ways. Maybe. Um, let's let's uh, go to this thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty Jenkins was talking to Joe Blow about 84. Said uh, <laughs> apparently they did not want both of the opening scenes. She uh, hmm. she said she wouldn't have jammed it in there because of the success of the film, because it actually made the movie too long. We have two openings in our movie, and we would talk about uh, that with the studio all the time. And they would say, you've got to cut the mall in the 80s, or you've got to cut the Amazons. And I was like, we can't. We can't cut either. Um, I think you could have cut the mall. I would have been happy with cutting <laughs> the mall. Yeah, for no, sure. No, 100%. Was perfectly happy with the mall going away. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not even like... It's not even a scene where I dislike everything that happened. I'm just saying I would have been perfectly happy not seeing it. Like the Amazon scene was a really strong opener. And then it went to that. And I, I, man, I, I just, it, it wasn't, it didn't hit as hard for me at all. Yeah. It, it just wasn't my cup of tea, man. Yeah. Um, apparently she only had one deleted scene hmm. that she actually, like, most of everything that she cut was uh, just like extensions of bigger scenes. Hmm. So, you so know, just, just Chris Pine showing off his penis. Gotcha. Oh, good God. Why would you cut that? <laughs> yeah, no, apparently the only thing I mean, they you're actually right. cut. That would have been another $30 million opening weekend. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, no, apparently the only thing she, <laughs> she actually cut was uh, Steve and Diana hailing a cab outside of the Natural History Museum. Like, oh, okay. Yes, that is that is the right thing to cut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine how that scene could have been. I don't know, I, like so engaging that I would be mad it's it's cut, but I'm I'm having trouble. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. So I um, would reserve judgment till I'd seen it, but still. No, uh, one of my primary issues with uh, Wonder Woman 1984 was the uh, the body swap controversy, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it has become a controversy. People are talking about it. Uh, people there are people not liking it. People think that it's uh, it was rape, and I agree. But um. Dustin Phillipson on Twitter says, uh, one, I'm linking to, I'm linking the, linking the wiki to the body swap movie genre. Mm-hmm. If you can't see that Patty Jenkins was playing with that trope and even intentionally pointing out the problematic nature that all of these movies have to skirt around, then I think you need to reexamine a beloved eighties fantasy movie like big with Tom Hanks, where he as a 12 year old in an adult body has sex with an adult female, making her a statutory rapist by default. Also, Two, the movie implies that if you revoke your wish, then much of the impact of your wish is revoked. Hence, even the sex Diana had with the guy possessed with Steve may have actually been eradicated from the movie's fabric of reality. And then goes on to say, clarification for all, evil wishing stone is seducing people into evil. Barbara loses her humanity. Max loses his soul. Diana loses her powers slash becomes seduced by a lie. If you can't see the movie as saying the swap is a problem, I think maybe you should rewatch. And Patty Jenkins re- retweeted this and said, ha ha ha. Exactly. 
Um, I'm the, curious. I agree and disagree with points. Yeah. The, the body swap genre is problematic. Of course, in big, the woman who is by default a statutory rapist is also horrified when she finds out what's happened. She didn't know at the time. Sure. Um, now, the, the body swap in of itself inside of the movie, even putting aside the, the ethical quandary, is uh, inconsistent with the rest of the magic in the movie, which is already a problem for me. But, um, yeah, I just think it was a bad call. It, it brought up feelings in me it, that I didn't appreciate and I didn't really care for. I didn't care for Wonder Woman being uh, in any form a rapist, even if she had, you know, been seduced by an evil stone. Now, I mean, maybe that, I mean, you know, I've thought about this, looking at this and it's like, you know what, if that was her intent, if her intention was to say, oh, the evil wishing stone is being seduced and being seduced by the lie, it uh, even made Wonder Woman uh, engage in such problematic behavior. Maybe this movie is a little more Zack Snyder and less uh, Richard Donner than we all thought. But <laughs> I mean, I can get behind it being that they're engaging with a trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana herself becomes a part of it. A specifically and, 80s trope, too. Yeah, yeah, but it, unfortunately, it's not just an 80s trope, so I'm not yeah, giving right, that. Right. Um, yeah, that wasn't like a thing they had to do to make it 80s. No, it wasn't just like, oh, remember, like, this wasn't shoulder pads. This was right. Like, the body swapping tropes have been around since, and I'm not exaggerating, the Greco-Roman era. So, like, trying to call it an <laughs> 80s thing is, like, it, either you're being really trying to be really clever, but eh, not really. And also, a lot of films did it before. And, you know, fucking mm-hmm. Matthew Perry was in, like, a Freaky Friday runoff bullshit movie. Like, it was actually a pretty good movie. That was 17 again? That was actually pretty good. Was it? Seriously? <laughs> it actually was. It was enjoyable. It was. Deeply weird that that was actually somehow enjoyable for you. It is. It is deeply weird. But, you know, well, you know, Thomas Lennon's in it. And Which he's never fantastic. hurts anything. He's fantastic. But Zach Efron actually does a really good job of 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 acting like Michael uh, uh, of acting hey, like Matthew Perry. Even though you weird know, thing I, I don't believe that's that uh, young not Matthew a Perry. popular opinion is that Zach Efron <laughs> actually does a lot better job than we give him credit for a lot of time. Oh but, no, no, he does a pretty good job. He's he's yeah, he's solid. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not going on that that hill. Alone. Yeah. So but no, um, like, surprisingly, Seventeen Again is not a terrible film. You should check it out if you. You got a wild hair up your ass one day. No, I, I have no such. I have plenty of other ones and they are occupying the space. <laughs> I, I, my problem is more like, and my problem isn't whether it's justifiable because I, I, I feel like there are parts where the film mm-hmm. explains why it is. And there are parts where, yeah, maybe you're running down a trope and making some corner, some sort of like meta statement about the trope that I guess was supposed to appear, uh, appear more obvious than it very much did to yeah. many people watching it. Yeah. Um, and, Honest to God, like there's just, I don't think there's a definitive answer for why that was a problem. My problem is more that you made it a fucking problem. I don't think it was a thing that had to be done. It could have been done a number of other ways. Mm-hmm. And they all would have made more sense, you know, given the entire pantheon of gods you have to play with. Yeah. Or, um, you know, just given the characters themselves. Like, and I do kind of like the interpretation for sure that like it's, it's a very flattering interpretation that uh, Wonder Woman herself is even susceptible to this kind of monkey's paw mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, chooses to fight back. And, you know, that's, I, I think, you know, just very short version, probably the best justification for the, for, for that version of, or that part of the film. But it's, it doesn't mean that the whole thing wasn't avoidable to begin with. 
Yeah. And it doesn't completely solve all the problems. And I, this is an, I, I do an, still maintain that like the fact that there's magic involved erases some of the problems. I mean, the, the primary issue, I mean, yeah, the guy doesn't remember, but I mean, then you're just dealing with the Cosby situation. Um, my, I mean, my primary issue, <laughs> you Cosby are, or zombie. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I mean, my, the or issue just magic. Me, like it's, it's any number of like supernatural explanations for the behavior, but then it, there are a lot of questions. Even that brings up. Yeah. Like, I mean, why did the, we even have this supernatural explanation in our storytelling, you know, for thousands of years? Yeah, because people were a bit rapey and we probably had to find some explanations for that shit. Yeah, I I found no real, I found no reason given the nature of the magic shit just appearing and disappearing at will why Steve Trevor, according to any rules, the the rules that actually weren't there for this magic, he had to be in some dude's body. Just doesn't make sense. It was just there to be problematic, apparently, according to Patty, and to, you know, stick a wiry finger into the body swap genre. And be like, see, you're problematic. But they don't address the problem in the movie. They don't ever go like, who was this guy? I wonder if he has a family. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't like use his body for our own pleasure. Um, well, that would have involved it, a lot of other shots in the mirror and having to pay him more. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm. I don't think I'm ever going to completely agree that it's like out and out rape because the magic angle just brings so much into the the fictional argument that. I feel like there's just a lot of ways you could sidestep that argument, but I will always agree with you that it should never have been on the fucking table. Yeah. There are other ways you could have done this. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just always going to have a problem with it. I'm sorry. Like I, they didn't, they didn't make it enough of an issue or even an issue at all. Like, and I won't take anything away from Gal or, or, or Steve Trevor, uh, Chris Pine, uh, when they're saying goodbye and coming to terms with what they have to do, they did a really good job. And when she runs away and she renounces her wish and like screams like that is, that was, that was a good phenomenal acting and I felt it in my core yeah. and I, I was impressed that she made me feel so, so bad for a rapist. She burned that Mickey's ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not gonna get away around that one though. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, and look, the best I know, can tell you with Diana is like it never appeared to her that way. Right? Yeah, I guess. I guess like not. she knew, and but and she could suss it out, but it never like she. I, don't know, I like it's never like she was holding down some dude who just didn't want to be there, or like yeah, even no. somebody unconscious or something. Like it's not. It's not that straightforward either. Like it's, it is a, it's a very gray area for sure. And yeah, the fact that magic be- is involved and that's it, it that, you know, the, the monkey's paw effect is the center of the film is makes it much grayer, frankly. Um, yeah. Like there's, there's a whole fucking portion of an ethics class probably available if you wanted to on this film. And uh, to, to be clear, you know, anyone who feels like commenting, I, this specific joke, I'm just going to warn you right now. I have already been blocking people who are like, ho, 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 she can rape me. I've, I've seen that so many times and I've blocked every piece of shit who says it. Yeah, sorry. That's just not an appropriate response at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. Even if, oh, she can use my body without, no, it's the same thing. You're yeah. gone. That, that, um, that's, that's just a massive misunderstanding of uh, the sheer idea of consent. Or, uh, frankly, those people who were like, uh, who are in the camp of like, well, you can't rape a guy. 
go fuck right the fuck off. Oh yeah, no, I've absolutely I have, uh, sorry. Just unfollow us right now. Quit the episode. I'm done with yep. you. I know I came to this group before with no standing and no right to vote, but I um, I suggest we have such a thing now. I'll tell you this: like one of one of um, and we vote you off. There's a pretty pretty big uh, supporter of the Snyder Cut movement who has a show. It's on YouTube. He's, he does a bunch of shit with people we know. He's had Zack Snyder on the show. And he said, uh, you know, he made a big statement about like, oh, I don't consider it rape because society doesn't consider, wouldn't consider it rape because it was a man. And as a, as a man who's had a personal experience that would uh, deeply contrast with that uh, notion. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking blocked, dude. Gone. Sorry, buddy. Like the best interpretation for that that I could come up with was that maybe he was just talking about literally the interpretation of it. Yeah, I mean, he could have been being sarcastic or some shit. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that it, it requires clarification on the best day, and on on the worst day, it's just no. Sorry, that's that's not an acceptable thing. Yeah, and it's not because he you know enjoyed the movie more than I did or anything stupid like that. It's just you know I don't. I'm not subscribing to that bullshit. You know, men can be raped too. Sorry. Yep. Fact. Just anyway. an actual fact. Uh, so Warner Brothers. <laughs> and this seems almost. <laughs> I mean, it would be ludicrous, even if I liked the film and didn't feel as strongly as I did about it. But uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers <laughs> um, has. Uh, asked I don't Academy. know what you have planned now, so I'm deeply oh. curious about the contrast you're about to bring into this conversation. <laughs> Warner Brothers has asked Academy members to consider nominating Wonder Woman 1984 for Best Picture on behalf of several nominees, <laughs> including producers Deborah and Zack Snyder, Best mm-hmm. Director for Jenkins, Best Adapted Screenplay for Jenkins, Jeff Johnson, and David <laughs> Callahan. Uh, it was submitted for consideration in the acting categories for Gal Gadot as Best Actress, Kristen Wiig, Robin Wright, and Connie Nielsen for Best Supporting Actress, Chris Pine and Petra Pascal for Best Supporting Actor, um, Best Cinematographer, Matthew Jensen, uh, Best Film Editing, all the things, mm, all yeah. the things. Please consider us for best all the things. Like, even if, even, oh, okay, even if the, the cornball Richard Donner shit wasn't in there, and even if the rape thing wasn't in there, no to all of those. <laughs> I'm not necessarily disagreeing. The The one thing I'm disagreeing <laughs> with is the fact that that was a headline. Yeah. Now, and I, I, just... I propose this as a, uh, a a test. Someone who knows more than I do about the inner workings of this, please let me know. But mm-hmm. sure. does not anyone nominate their things for all the shit? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if don't do you just kind of nominate it just to get it in the hat? But, See what happens? you know. I mean, maybe. I don't think everyone does because you have to actually, I think, pay. Probably. You have to pay to do that. But, you know. But it's I, a studio I, and they can afford to. So I think the important thing, though, and the reason I included it, because I don't give a shit what the Oscars do. Mm-hmm. The reason I included here is because Warner Brothers is pushing so hard, pushing a certain narrative, a narrative that includes Jeff Johns. Very, very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, yeah, maybe you could... <laughs> Based on all the streaming kerfuffle regarding the Oscars, uh, yeah, maybe maybe they might actually get it because you know what else has come out. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, no joke. I I'm sorry. Like the here, 
you know what the Oscars should do at this point is just forego the whole we're film buffs thing because, yeah. uh, you know, first of all, I think the veil has been lifted on that myth mm-hmm. a while now. And second, uh, you know, we all know you're just holding on for ratings. They, like, they're terrible. It's not yeah. It's not good. It's not good as far as the rating situation. Like, don't get me wrong. It's still an event. It still qualifies as an event. Like, there's no chance they're going to cancel them, I don't think, necessarily mm-hmm. anytime soon. But the amount of people tuning in as a product of both the amount of people tuning in going down and the amount of people that give a fuck is uh, going down with it. I, I The Oscars at this point should just be like, Best quarantine video, you know, best video of a guy playing with his dog, best video of a guy doing that thing off the bottom of skillets with the ping pong balls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. best uh, Rube Goldberg assembly developed in quarantine. We're just going to do YouTube videos from, from here out in 2020, or I guess the 2021 Oscars. I still wouldn't watch. I mean, I wouldn't either. I would, I, even if I watched, I'd be like, yeah, I saw it. No, I saw that one. No, I'm good. Thank you. No, I want to, I do. I I am curious. I would be a little more curious. I would be curious to know what the very important people, the very sophisticated, important people of Hollywood thought was the best, you know, cat video. (laughs) 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 Or even some of the uh, more technical things. I like Snickers turns on the faucet. Best video editor goes to like somebody who did that thing where you just, uh, what do they call the thing uh, where you, you like f- jump up into a frame, but that frame was already there and you pretend that thing was there and you're jumping into it? I don't know. Um, ah, yeah, I wish I remembered a term. But yeah, you like literally do like a click kill thing in the middle of the air and that uh-huh. thing, you know, you you've, you you just freeze frame that and leave it there somewhere. Freeze frame is a fucking old, old ass term. Anyway, <laughs> you just like... You're showing your age. That's, that's just there. You jump into it. Like I, I get... Roughly how the process is done, but I have no fucking uh-huh. idea about the nuts and bolts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would it involve a green screen? No, no, no. You can do this live as far as I can tell. Because you basically just do a video of you doing a bunch of things and then you just freeze frame a shot and leave it there. Uh-huh. Um, and and then you just jump into the shot. Yeah, it's just, it's just um, I'm frustrated with myself for not having more information right now. And I feel like anyone listening is even more so. Yeah. So no, it's I'm just okay. going to bail on that. Yeah. I feel like if I just saw an example of what you're talking about, I'd be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. That, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to see how you do it. Okay. I'm going to, like, in 30 minutes, you're going to look at your phone and be like, oh, while well, we're talking about like, TV news. <laughs> you think we're going to be at TV news in 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cute. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, they've already announced Wonder Woman threes in the works with both, uh, Gal and Patty returning, uh, Toby Emmerich via variety said his fans around the world continue to embrace Diana Prince driving the strong opening weekend performance of Wonder Woman 1984. We are excited to be able to continue her story with our real life Wonder Woman, sorry, Wonder Women, Gal and Patty, who will return to conclude the long planned theatrical trilogy. Uh, notice they did not say, they did not say Jeff Johns notice. Yeah, there hasn't been like a huge um, announcement about Jeff Johns. I don't think that's how this is going to go. I never mm-hmm. have thought that's how this was going to go. But he just gets mentioned less. Yeah, except, you know, apparently for the Academy Awards. Um, but I think that's keeping up appearances to some degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, just in case. <laughs> um, so um, 
Patty has uh, has hinted that Cheeto might return, and that's why she left her story ambiguous in 1984. Oh, ambiguous as shit. That was one of our yeah. problems. Someone asked if she'll return, and she says, we'll just have to see, and then had like three winking emojis. Um, then during an interview, she said, I have my reasons for making Cheetah's story ambiguous at the end, and I think it's not clear her point of view on everything that just happened. I love that we wrap up Max's point of view and that you see the culmination of that storyline. I think it's so important. But the truth is there may or may not be more to come and reasons for that. It's complicated what goes on with Barbara. There was not an easy scene, even if the answer was one way or the other, even if it was that she did rescind her wish. Like, then what? She goes back to her normal life, and now Diana is not there anymore? It would take time, and it would be a big deal to try to culminate it one way or the other. So there were multiple reasons for doing it that way. And if it leaves you wanting more answers, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. This sounds like a cop-out more than anything. I mean, more yeah, than like saying, well, we didn't answer your question and the point is to not answer your question is is one thing. Or saying mm-hmm. like, well, the question would be really hard to answer, so we didn't answer it is also another thing that I feel like was expressed. <laughs> uh-huh. We didn't have time, so. Or like, well, what would have to happen is we'd have to shoot more footage and make a thing happen, and we didn't do that. <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, that's, okay. Yeah. Like, a lot of considerations are made. You know, you, you, you can't shoot everything. You you can't have everything you wanted. Right. I can deal with all that. I, it, and I'm, it, it's not even my, you know, uh, like a big qualm for me. Um, I wish there had been like just a couple seconds somewhere of her kind of readjusting to normal life. If that makes sense? Hmm. Like just, just a moment where she was back in, you know, not the glasses. Just the glasses is a I, – I could give or take them, but – just a moment where she was like back, like going into her office, trying to kind of reclaim her normal life, which honest, honest to God would have taken what, eight, nine seconds of screen time. Maybe nothing. I mean, granted, that's a lot of, that's a lot more time on the shooting side of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Hours, half a day, day, who knows, depending on like how you have to actually adjust it in scheduling. Get it. I get it. I get it. It's not that simple. I get it. But yeah, eh. no, but just leaving her on a cliff chilling. (laughs) Not Looking ideal. Upset. Not yeah. ideal for me. Not my favorite of all the possibilities, I think. Right, no. Uh, now, talking to Collider, she, Patty Jenkins did confirm that she'll be working on Wonder Woman 3, Rogue Squadron, and Cleopatra, and a TV show all at the same time. I mean, look, I'm happy for her, but uh, damn. Yeah. She says, she's I think busy. She says, I think they're all great, and I continue to push them along, and we have sort of plans for what will go first and try to organize uh, multiple things, uh, how multiple things can happen. Um, she says, you can never do it in one year. You can never do a star Wars movie in one year or a good Cleopatra in one year. I think each of those movies take two years probably, but I do think as I even learned on the two wonder Womans, I already had sold a limited TV series that I was in love with when they decided to move the wonder woman, 1984 release date up. So suddenly it was happening on top of each other. And I was actually able to write a huge treatment and have a bunch of creative meetings and go off and do my show while pre-production was happening for Wonder Woman 1984. So there are lots of ways. Uh, certainly until I'm on set shooting Star Wars, I could be developing all sorts of other things and pushing them forward. It, it is actually possible. So I think that's apparently how people do it, doing multiple things at one time, which I'm usually pretty singularly focused, but I'm getting better at this all the time. So, And I included that, not because I care, <laughs> because I don't. But what I do care about is seeing all these jackasses online whining and complaining that whatever DC project is dead because one of the creators of it has decided to do something else for a minute. 
Yeah, no. and um, I'm thinking specifically more and most recently about Ava DuVernay, uh, you oh, know, working on yeah. various TV projects uh, because apparently she can't also be working on New Gods. Yeah, just one more, just one more little like, hey, you're an idiot. Stop yeah. saying that. I mean, while we're at it, Tom King hasn't actually like owned a pen in at least eleven months. <laughs> Doesn't have a knife or a sharpener. He just looks at the pencils and. In awe, wondering what shall I do? Mm. How could I correct this situation? So, uh, there is a rumor from the Sun. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how much I believe any of that shit. But uh, <laughs> it's from the Sun. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. So, according according to the Sun's sources, uh, the filming process for the Batman mm-hmm. is grueling, and yeah. grueling for Robert Pattinson. Mostly as a result of of Matt, director Matt Reeves' uh, perfectionism, apparently. Says that uh, Pat, Pattinson is doing upwards of 50 takes of a scene sometimes. He's in the bulky, hot Batman suit. Um, is leaving him and the crew exhausted. The source said filming has been a grueling process, especially for Robert, as Matt is such a perfectionist. He'll insist on doing scenes over and over again and get bogged down in the tiny detail. Sometimes it's like he doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> Um, Matt has done blockbusters before, but this is on another level. Batman is arguably the Mm. most popular superhero of all. And by the time the film is released, it will be the Dark Knight's first solo movie in 10 years. Warner Brothers can't afford for the fan base to be disappointed. (laughs) No one is denying that this is a high stakes production and that Matt is feeling the pressure to get it right. Um, But Robert has had a tough time on these franchise movies before. He hated Twilight by the time it wrapped. And the last thing anyone wants is for him to become jaded. I, I I am already preparing myself. Even before this came out, I'm preparing myself for Robert Pattinson not coming back. Oh, for sure. But I also love that you could have read everything you just did in like a positive light mm-hmm. as someone who's just super enthusiastic about how Matt Reeves was taking this seriously, like like an Orson Welles level taking it seriously, like Kubrick uh, demanding 110 takes or whatever the fuck it was that's infamous now. Uh, yeah. Levels of just demanding perfection. We we could just read it that way. You could, but I I wouldn't. Man, you don't want to overthink the soup, man. Eh, a little bit. <laughs> when you over when you overthink it, it's gonna come out tasting like ass. It's gotta crack me up if if we find out. No, he was right. There were forty nine bad takes. <laughs> <laughs> he just just didn't have it right, man. <laughs> yeah. Now there, yeah, there's another version of because, this. Because again, like part of your instinct is to be like, yeah, Robert Pattinson's probably gonna fuck off on this. Like, yeah, maybe he actually is just not doing a great job. Yeah, there's that's a possibility. Um, I, don't and I don't know if I believe it, but I'm just saying. One of my favorite stories, I don't know how true it is. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories from the making of Star Trek VI is um, the, there's a scene where uh, Captain Kirk, like the, the Klingon Empire has roughly 50 years of life left to it. They've had sort of a Chernobyl situation. A uh, the lithium moon has exploded. Uh they're sending a peace envoy and they want Kirk to be the, uh, the, the olive branch. You know, he's, he's been fighting Klingons all these years mm-hmm. and Kirk, you know, the Klingons killed a son. He's very prejudiced. And, um, Spock says they're dying. And Kirk says, let them die. Mm-hmm. And there's a story where Nicholas Meyer, the director has talked about, and he said it very diplomatically, but basically it boils down to this. Kirk was, uh, Shatner was overacting so much that, Meyer couldn't get like a serious take out of him. Like Shatter thought it was 
a serious take, but everyone on the crew was just like, Oh God. So Nicholas Myers, uh, <laughs> his solution was to do so many takes that Shatner literally just got tuckered out. Oh yeah. So he like, <laughs> he get just, just so tired. He's like, let him die. You know, it just, it just, just barely shows up for it. Yeah. Like, yep. That's the one I wanted. Good job. It was a fan. It was a fantastic take. It was the take they used. Yeah. He's just a little seething, but really understated. Let them die. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. It wasn't some Shakespearean, <laughs> let them die, you know, but, and yeah, that might be what they're doing for Rob. I don't know. <laughs> and like behind the scenes, <laughs> someone comes and gets him immediately. And it was like, he needs, he needs a nap, bottle of water and some orange slices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in reverse order um anyway I, I had trouble imagining like pattinson being just so stressed on set i'm sorry and i, I know this isn't uh I, I i didn't get to look up the origin of these photos i just have seen some photos in the last week of robert pattinson like leading around a cow oh <laughs> he's just like in a cow pasture and there's okay. a cow and it, like mm-hmm. the cow is like one of those cows that actually has the bell on the bottom, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of those cows. Yeah. I mean, I have cows in the backyard. Not one of the motherfuckers has a bell. I would complain if they did. Yeah. No, those, those belled cows are a cult, man. You can't trust <laughs> those, those cows. They're either in uh, the Netherlands or Mississippi, lo- lower Mississippi is best I can tell. Mm-hmm. Crookletta, ah. Or where's Mississippi State from? Starkville, right? I think. Right. So anyway, somewhere <laughs> around that area, or like the area where we like mistakenly stereotypically think that everyone wears wooden shoes. So oh, what? That's my that's my area. <laughs> thing. Everyone mistakenly stereotypically, but I don't know where. What? What are you? Who was, who's wearing it, wooden I shoes? A, I think it was a Dutch, like the Dutch boy with the thumb in the wall wearing the wooden I shoes. About like the the sabot. Yeah, that probably too. Is that the same thing? I mean, I really just know the... Actually, I know it from Star Trek VI, weirdly <laughs> enough. About I the love Dutch... that this tied in. <laughs> I know. stupid way. Go for it. No, like one of the, a Vulcan character, Valerius, explains that the Dutch workers, uh, you know, were unhappy with their working conditions and they took their wooden shoes, sabot, mm-hmm. and threw them into the machinery. Naturally. That's just where we get sabotage. Ah, yes. Um, it's the only reason I know that. <laughs> it could have been made up for all I know. That, uh, I mean, uh, I doubt it because I, Star I Trek prides itself know. on having freaking alien characters knowing Earth's history better than anyone else. Uh, it's. I don't know the etymology of that word in the slightest. That that could really be it. I just all I imagined was like it's it's uh, <laughs> the the picture I saw was like Pattinson he's leading some cow. I think the cow has the bell and it's like deeply snowy, cold areas. And just Pattinson, Pattinson just looks like he's laughing his dick off while he's leading the cow around. (laughs) Okay. So now I believe Pattinson's on mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I saw the cow. It wasn't just him. Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah, no. What he found in the pasture before is not uh, documented. Right. No, we know what he found in the pasture before. That cow was grass fed <laughs> and he came at the right time after, uh-huh. I think, a, a, a rain. He might have mm-hmm. found something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. 
the uh, dissonance in my head was reconciling the whole like Pattinson's being asked for blah blah blah, and then just thinking of him just frolicking in a farm and in, in, in a pasture with a cow, thinking like the hours are and grueling, it, and it just looks like he's like leading the cow around just. It looks like he's looking around like, oh, my God, can you believe I'm just leading this cow around? This is hilarious. <laughs> just ha- living his best damn life, man. Yeah. I'm like, mm, that doesn't look very grueling to me. I mean, it would be to me because oh, I, I, would I don't like both. the outdoors. Like, being asked for 50 takes in a leather suit sounds awful. And then also mm-hmm. being in the kind of cold that I, look, uh, I felt like I was looking at also sounds awful. Mm-hmm. I, I would literally have a moment where they were like, hey, just take some photos with this cow. And I'm like. This cow is cold. I'm cold. I'm from Alabama. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going inside now. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Someone bring right. me whiskey. Right. Oh. Or everyone here I hope can that's go in the right movie. to hell. <laughs> yeah. I hope Bruce Wayne is just tripping balls and leading a cow around a pasture in some scene. It's the best Batman movie ever. <sighs> Adam West would sure be proud. Like, so, guys, about bringing Ben, ben back. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have a better idea. We're going to CGI Adam West as a rancher. Uh-huh. Let's do some deep fake <laughs> Adam West rancher. Now, he suggested it, so don't get me wrong here. It's, he it's, did. This is approved. We are, we are referencing our own episode, DC Movies That Never Happened, part three, I believe it was. I think it was three. Um, I'm not sure. I was not I was out of my fucking mind the entire time. I was. Uh, it took me a couple listens myself to understand what I'd actually heard. Yeah. Jason was, uh, you know, to, to bring it full circle, laughing his dick off the entire episode. So. Yeah. I, I I lost capacity in one of my lungs several times. Yeah. He lost years off of his life. Just in that collapsed. Episode. All right. Should we? You ever should smile we... so hard your, your like, eyes develop wrinkles? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Ever do it in like, I don't know, 90 seconds? Because I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> I went in young and baby faced and then I laughed so hard that I came out grizzled and, you know, slightly older. Mm-hmm. I would disagree, but I hate to, I hate to, you know, do anything more than, or anything less than yes and, so. Mm. Yes, that is and. exactly what happened. <laughs> and? And um, we're moving on to the next bit. Before, you know, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think before we, we do, because this is going to be a, long, a longish area, and we've already hit like a, you know, an hour, so um, let's just go ahead and do, do a break before we get into the WT, uh, WBT uh, mm. segment with Ray Fisher. I've decided to move that to the, to the end of the movie segment because, good God. Mm. Um. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Let's let's That's hit that fair. break up. Let's hit a break. All right. We are back from our break and uh, we've emptied our, emptied our bladders and uh, some of us put our children to bed. Mm-hmm. Some of us have uh, started on a, uh, on a screwdriver mm-hmm. and perhaps gotten a little further than started. Mm-hmm. Well into. Uh, but let's... <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless. <laughs> let's not make it obvious. Uh, let's get to some, some of this WBT. Um, sorry, I said that when I said W... Uh, in my head, I told myself, when I said WBT, I'm going to start going, WBT. Mm-hmm. Slurp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit of Dennis Miller. That was my um, <laughs> Nobody knows what, I don't even know if he has a radio show anymore. I know he's like all like super conservative and stuff now, uh, but you know, I think even he has stopped at some point. Oh, he's not really that conservative. He's really not. He's, he just seemed that you know, way at, at a certain point. Well, 
to the hard left and the normal left. He was a little more right than he used to be and therefore had gone off the rails. Yeah. But um, I don't know. He still made me laugh. He would still have Norm MacDonald on his radio show and I would listen to that and sure. laugh at them being dicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the New York Times on, sun- on Sunday, uh, December 27th, put out this article. Managing movie superheroes is about to get a lot more complicated. And it was very much a puff piece for Walter Hamada, mm-hmm. the uh, the DC Films president. And uh, they, they just really suck his dick in this thing, man. Like, <laughs> he's overseeing a dizzying number of projects, part of a swarm of comics-based stories. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they even talk about uh, Shazam and say that it was a, a smash hit. It wasn't. No, I mean, no. It was a moderate hit. I mean, it was not a hit. It was, it made us money and it made enough money to get a sequel, unlike Birds of Prey. Mm. But it was an end game. It <sighs> wasn't, Arguably you know. True. No, I, smash hit is a strong term. Even it is Birds a strong of Prey term. In, in context of uh, the last couple weeks is, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking shit about Shazam or Birds of Prey here. I love those films. I thought they should have made way more money than they did. And let's be honest, Shazam and Bobo, both of them, should have made a lot more than they did. Yeah. If they were marketed correctly, they would yeah. have made a lot more than they did. So, yeah. anyway, this is a puff piece. This is a negotiation tactic. This is him trying to stick around. And that's understandable, I guess. Um, well, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think it's him trying to stick around. I think it's us being sold his position. Like, I don't know. Like sources close to us have said that AT&T is not happy with, with Hamada. Sure. They've said that now he's apparently had his contract extended to 2023, but Eh, not that long. That's not that long. That could just really only be covering the things that he is currently developing. Right. So I don't know where that stands, but look, uh, so this thing said, uh, the most expensive DC movies up to four a year, starting in 2022 are designed Mm -hmm. for release in theaters says Hamada. And, uh, that would be two big ones in theaters and then two smaller riskier movies, sort of like Batgirl and static shock that will be exclusively on HBO max. And, uh, and what's weird is this article, which is clearly a puff piece, also goes out of its way to kind of shit on HBO Max. They refer to it as the fledgling streaming service owned by Warner Media. It feels like, and I'm maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being paranoid. It feels like, I feel like Rush Limbaugh just saying this. <laughs> it feels like Warner Brothers is in a war with Warner Media. No, uh, it does a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> Now it goes on to say, in addition, DC Films, which is part of Warner Brothers, will work with filmmakers to develop movie offshoots, TV series that will run on HBO Max and interconnect with their big screen endeavors. Hamada says, with every movie that we're looking at now, we're thinking, what's the potential Max spinoff? Which is a, in my opinion, gross and terrible way to look at things, but okay. Mm-hmm. It's a business. I get it. Yeah. I don't like it, but I get it. Yeah. Um. And it says, it goes on to say, if you thought there was a glute of superheroes before, just wait. To make all the storylines work, DC Films will introduce movie audiences to a comics concept known as the multiverse. Mm. It's not a comics concept. It, it's a scientific theory. The Everett Wheeler 
Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Never mind the actual history oh, term. Jesus, but, um, help us. Jesus. Hey, you hold know, on, I feel, hold on. I feel funny. Comics con- I know. concept is like... <laughs> it's also saying like a, a concept that comics are perfectly familiar with. I also with th- that. I also do really enjoy the idea of calling upon Jesus to help us understand the concept of a scientific theory. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's endlessly glorious to me personally, but you know, I'm not saying the two can't intertwine. I'm not coming against anyone. I'm a man of faith myself, mm-hmm. I'm and just I'm not. saying that's true. And uh, we have many things we agree on, you and I. Yeah, that's right. And disagree on for mm-hmm. fun little sidebars. Yeah, they're maybe fun for you. <laughs> um, anyway, there's lots to play with there. And it's yeah, not there, necessarily there are, contradictory. There are. Um, not necessarily contradictory, but I, you know, I am a man outside of the box as far as faith is concerned. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in a lot of scientific concepts that a lot of Christians just can't wrap, wrap their head around. And I don't understand why they can't wrap their head around because there's plenty of wiggle room. I think it's my geekdom, honestly, that tells me you can headcanon anything and <laughs> <laughs> you can make it work. Um, it's all about what's not there. That doesn't say that that's not there. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> just means it could be there and you can't prove it necessarily one way or the other. And that's okay too. <laughs> Which is just really just overall when you generalize it from a high level, it's just a, uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so much yeah. of, uh, religious <laughs> philosophy is just like, I don't know, man. So it says parallel worlds. It, it just, this is how it's describing the comics concept known as the multiverse. Parallel mm-hmm. worlds where different versions of the same character exist simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Coming up, for instance, Warner Brothers will have two different film sagas involving Batman, played by two different actors running at the same time. Well, yeah, we already knew this. We Whatever. I, I, you know what? I'm honestly just happy this article didn't say they're stealing the concept from Marvel, who's doing the multiverse of madness. <laughs> Seeing yeah. as how DC created the concept as far as comic books are concerned with the flash of two worlds. Sure. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Just, just not, nice not to have the conversation hijacked. It is nice in that regard. Yeah. And yet it will be. But, you know, it's fine. But here we go again. The complicated plan involves a sharp increase in production. Last year, Warner Brothers made two live-action superhero movies, Joker and Shazam, in 2018. There was only Aquaman. Uh, all three were smash hits. That's where I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, I don't agree with uh, with Shazam. Aquaman and Joker, yes. We're talking about over a billion dollars. Shazam, what did it hit? Like 300 million? Uh, I think 450, I want to say. Was it? God, that's better than I remembered. Cool. Still not a smash. Still, I wouldn't say. It's better than Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) It did did fine. It did enough to get a sequel. And I love Shazam. I do. I've got like two or three Zachary Levi Shazam action figures. Yeah. I I really liked Shazam. I thought it was a solid movie. A a joy. No, we we thought it should have done more at the time. It was... Yes. Mm. It's a product of its time as far as like releasing as a holiday film mm-hmm. and not quite being one. Yeah. And also being like a singular figure in DC that just doesn't have like a, a lot of 
mean, honestly, the, the like the average Batman or Superman fan doesn't know about Shazam. No, and they Just should. Just on average. Um, Everyone so, listening yeah. here obviously does. That that will sound like blasphemy. <laughs> it's okay, you guys. But it's if okay. you asked, uh, just as a test, and I'm curious, uh, mm-hmm. just anyone who uh, thought that sounded insane, just go ask like your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, whatever, uh, if they know about who Shazam even is. And then mm-hmm. uh, furthermore, just ask them if they know what the real name is without even suggesting that there is a real name that's vastly different. Right. No, they won't. Like the, uh, the, the, the amount of people that know about Billy Batson. Very different from even mm-hmm. those who know about Shazam, and even those are uh, smaller than the people that follow the regular DC universe. I'll tell you this: just the, numbers here. The best thing they could have done for that character, even you know, copyrights aside, was to rename him Shazam. <laughs> yeah. Because the only thing anyone knows about that character is that he screams Shazam. <laughs> yeah. The only time in pop culture. He's ever been called Captain Marvel was literally an episode of the Andy Griffith show where Gomer Pyle says that Captain Marvel couldn't have figured out something better than Barney had. And we all know what Gomer Pyle screams all the time. Shazam. And that's why, because he reads Captain Marvel comics. (laughs) We he's called Shazam because that's what we know. There's no better name for him. Captain Marvel's a terrible name, terrible name for, for, for Shazam. No, it made sense at the time. <laughs> and and to be fair, like I feel like Barney has Fawcett comics. Yeah. Well, he's old school. Gomer. Oh, Gomer? Yeah, he would yeah, it was Gomer. Oh yeah. No, he's definitely got Fawcett comics. I mean, why? Because it's Gomer? It was the sixties, yeah, of course it was old Fawcett as shit, comics. And that's what he would be in touch with at the time. <laughs> Something thirty five years before. And Gomer would be reading some knockoff of Superman too. Oh hell yeah. Anyway, uh, the complicated plan involves a sharp increase in production. I already read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Hamada <laughs> and Mr. Emmerich had two options. Figure out how to make the various storylines and incarnations coexist or start over. The answer is the multiverse. Boiled down, it means that some characters, Wonder Woman as, a, as portrayed by Miss Godot, for instance, will in- continue their adventures on Earth-1, while new incarnations... Mr. Pattinson as the Batman will populate Earth 2. I love how they're like, Ms. Godot, Mr. Pattinson. It's like, God, pull your head out of your own douche ass. Um, Sorry, that's a weird thing for you to object to. (laughs) It is, but it just annoyed me. I'm sorry. I don't know why that annoys you. Okay, guys, gals, whoever. Whoever, Mm -hmm. whomever, if you feel me on that, please write in and tell Jason he's wrong. That, that's a douchey way of saying any damn thing. Um, <laughs> these I are celebrities. Like They're not part real of the people. Vernacular in general. <laughs> you don't. You don't just say like, oh, you know, you know, <laughs> gal and and Patty. No. They're they're super sad about the Zach thing. And that's the thing about celebrities. If you say if you use their first name, you're like name dropping it. Like you're like you know them. If you say Mr. or Ms., you're, you know, you're, or Mrs., it sounds like you're, you know, giving them too much, um, too much, uh, clout. I was going to say clout, but I didn't like it. <laughs> it's a real thing. A I know. You're just, you're giving them too much importance, I think. Sure. So, like, 
I don't know. Like, it's what I mean. Uh, they are real people, and you should treat them nicely online and stuff and not bully them and whatnot. But also, they're celebrities and they're not real people. So, <laughs> <laughs> I exist in a strange bubble where I don't believe that celebrities are real people. I don't, I'm not dicks to them because I recognize they're real people. But also, I'm like, it's okay if you just call them Robert Pattinson or, you know, Pattinson. You don't have to put the Mr. You know, I'm I'm just weird. I'm a weird person. I'm a weird person. I get it. I get it. I I, I think like the normal version would be to subscribe to the whole like Mr. Pattinson or Mrs. Jenkins or whatever. Maybe. Version. And I'm not saying this. This probably like would be a format. This probably would not be a conversation if I didn't have a screwdriver in me. So we'll just move on. Uh, The Flash, a film set for release in theaters in 2022, will link the two universes and feature two Batmans. Mm. I think it's be Batman with Mr. Mm. Affleck returning as one and Michael Keaton returning as the other. And um, to complicate matters further, HBO Max gave Mr. Snyder more than $70 million to recut his Justice League and expand it with new footage. Mr. Snyder and Warner Brothers have clashed over his original vision, which the studio deemed overly grim, resulting in reshoots handled by a different actor, Joss Whedon. And then in parentheses, that didn't go well either. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Zack Snyder's Justice League, now four hours long, will, will arrive in segments on HBO Max in March. And uh, they said, uh, at least for now, and I saw a lot of people giving a lot of blowback to this article for this, for saying that it is a storytelling cul-de-sac. Mr. Snyder is not part of the new DC, for now, Mr. Snyder is not part of the new DC Films blueprint with studio ob- executives describing his HBO Max project as a storytelling cul-de-sac, a street that leads nowhere. But they did specify, at least for now. Do you really think that's going to stay the same if Zack Snyder's Justice League is a smash hit, Jason? Me? Yes, you. Mm. My co-host. The man, half of the team who people clamor and download with ferocity to find out what their opinions might be. You, dear Jason. Well, the objectionable part of me uh, would like to say, (laughs) I don't know. We all, you know. The realistic part of me uh, is, of course, of course. Like, the thing that stopped me from thinking that this was going to be a thing was that it wasn't a thing. Right. So now that it is a thing and Mm -hmm. there are metrics and streaming numbers to actually back it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. If it actually does something, yeah, there's. It, it's not speculation. If if uh, if the numbers match, mm-hmm. I think we'll get more. Now, if you the know, numbers don't match, we won't. I I do think it might be that simple because now we're at a point where, holy shit, you're actually going to get to see the thing we all wanted to see for this time. You know, and I feel like, and you know, we don't know. I feel like just saying, mm-hmm. Snyder's. Bullshit is a cul-de-sac. It's not going anywhere. And having the New York Times say that in print, yeah. because no you know what? From the rhetoric from before. Yeah. Is. Do you know what resulted of that? Yeah. By the way, did you see the hashtag restore the Snyder cut? Yep. Over 150,000 hashtags. Yep. Do you, do you think that we're going to not have any more Snyder after Justice League? Probably not. <laughs> I mean... I, th- I think there's a market for it. Like if, if it does well on HBO Max. Yeah. But and I mean, we're looking at 150,000. The market's 000. there. 
It's yeah. just that like there it it was a bunch of speculation before and now since it's actually going to be aired on a thing and they have their own internal numbers. Yeah. Uh, if they don't live up to it, it's over, man. If they do live up to it, yeah, we we maybe like there's you can go back to the table and bargain for stuff that yeah. was never an option before. I I agree. I agree. And we'll we do get actually more of all that. have to stream this when it comes out, though. That we that do would be key. We do. And there's some report out there that says that it's coming out on Blu-ray the same day. I say no chance. But yeah, whatever. I think that's bullshit. Um, physically, and even how this, do you make like this I said, happen? like I said, even now, this article says at least for now, it's not a part. Um, it goes on to 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 say the multiverse concept has worked on television. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is a risk, a risky strategy for big screens. These movies need to attract the widest audience possible to justify their cost. And too much of a comic nerd sensibility can be a turnoff. That's a that's an inflammatory. Thank you, whoever wrote those senses can absolutely go climb off a fucking rope. Yeah, I mean, this is some shit that Star Trek's been using since 1967. It's uh, it's been in oh, fiction since pay attention. the 1950s. We're all here because we're paying uh, attention. Yeah, we're all here. Um, and at no point does any like I've talked to people at work who know nothing about this shit. I'm like, no, Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are going to be in the same movie as Batman, talking about the Flash. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, cool, like from different universes. I'm like, yes. And they're like, awesome. They the multiverse concept is not so removed from yeah. the mainstream. Like they're not just a bunch of adults sitting out there like jerking off and watching people get hit in the nuts like an idiocracy. Like they actually do know about, you know, some dramatic conceits and like the multiverse is a concept that people know about. Yeah. We're not Not actually as dumb as projected. Not everyone, but you know, it's a thing. Yeah, Some, but mm, overall, I think a lot of us have the idea Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. can move forward with it and we'll be okay. Yep. And it says uh, new actors can take over a character. James Bond is the best example, but multiple Gotham spinning in theaters. Hamada says, I don't think anyone else has ever attempted this, but audiences are sophisticated enough to understand it. If we make good movies, they will go with it. Maybe. Probably. I think you're right. I don't necessarily want you in charge, but okay. No, the Uh, flash in the pan thing's real too. Like if you made uh, two good movies out of nowhere where who the fuck cares was Batman. Just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Just IMDb, random, any single character came up and said, that's going to be Batman. Okay, cool. If you have a good story arc for two movies and it doesn't fit into anything else, great. I don't care. You made a good couple movies. What are you going to, like, it's fine. Uh, It doesn't have to fit into everything else, but um, it'd be great if it did. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great, but, you know, then again, if you don't like something, like, for instance, I don't like Wonder Woman 1984. Sure. It'd be great if that shit wasn't canon. Or if I could just say Wonder Woman 1984 happened, except Mm -hmm. for the rape. (laughs) Cool. I'm on board with that. Yeah, it was some cheesy Donner shit in times, but I'm okay with that. Like, we can... We could do Donner shit. I don't care. Like, there's room for it in the multiverse. You know, I mean, you can kind of play with anything. And that's kind of what I like. You know, you can choose what is canon. And even Snyder in recent interviews has said, you choose what is canon. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with that for the most part. By the way, Ray Fisher said of this article, he retweeted this article and said, Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of enabler. His lies and WB's PR 
Uh, his, and WBPR's failed September 4th hit piece sought to undermine the very real issues of the Justice League investigation. I will not participate in any production associated with him. Now, let me ask you this, Jason. Does that sound like he's stepping down? Mm, not necessarily. Okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I've heard some people say, because, you know, later on, and I'll talk about it, Ray Fisher says, I didn't step down from anything. I've seen a lot of people say, you kind of did, buddy. Mm. I mean, only with the uh, assertion that Hamada was going to be in charge going forward. And it looks like he is, so... So, yeah, probably Maybe. stepping down in the immediate sense. Yeah. If that's what we're dealing with as far as the immediate, like, uh, parentage of that production. Bit of a gray area. Goes. I understand. <laughs> Um, so Justice League 2, uh, Zack Snyder says he has no plans to continue after a Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. He says, look, I never thought I'd be here doing this. I didn't think I'd be finishing Justice League. The truth is, and it's been widely reported, and I have no issue, this is an old movie. This is a years old movie that I'm working on. The DC Universe has gone and branched off and done its own thing, and that's fine. As far as what I did, and as far as what my vision for what I wanted to do with these characters, and the journey I wanted them to go on, is well known that I planned on more movies, five movies or something. But I'm not, I, I'm busy. I've got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Is it cool that the fans have so much faith in the trajectory? Yes, it's amazing, and I couldn't be happier. And I'm excited for them to see Justice League so they can really drink the entire elixir of Justice League. But would I continue? I have no plan to. But like I said, I didn't think I'd be here. So who knows? Dude, this is total negotiation tactic, if you ha- if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I got shit to do. I don't have time for this. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any plans. Oh, no. You guys got to make that shit work. That's yeah, just my take on it. That. I don't believe any of these people when they talk. Any oh, no. Them. Yeah, I'm way past actually believing anyone when they use their mouths. And I kind of feel, yeah, I kind of feel like the only reason we report on this shit is to discredit it a little bit. I just <laughs> be like, don't worry. <laughs> if you're into it and enough people are into it, they'll make more. Yeah. Like, don't, I wouldn't concern yourself with what Snyder's saying. Like, so many people are saying, Snyder's not making any more. He said it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He said he had no plans. As, um, has been suggested. He's he he's leaving no plans, it open. Y'all. It also has to do with uh, still like the reception is going to matter. Yeah, absolutely, you can't just demand the shit and then not get HBO Max, not watch the four part whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and be this like, is well, the materialistic part of this. We're gonna have to spend our money on this shit. Yeah, we're gonna have and to spend our money on it. And look, do all the views and and you know hit it on the same day. Like the moment it's open, it's going to have to have 24-hour figures and 48-hour figures and the whole fucking kit and caboodle is going to apply. And We're going to have to support this thing by actually watching it and probably watching it a couple times, if I'm being honest. And, you know, even if... Okay, I haven't seen anything to refute this, so I'm still considering it fact. True. I saw SKU numbers, all mm-hmm. right? Do you know what SKU numbers are? Mm-hmm. SKU. These mm-hmm. are product numbers mm-hmm. for McFarlane's Zack Snyder's Justice League figures. Mm-hmm. Do you have any belief that that shit's not going to be sitting on my shelf? <laughs> oh, no. I, oh, honey. 
The only person they didn't name. Just a matter of time. The only person they didn't name as being a part of that collection was Wonder Woman. And it's because they already had her for Wonder Woman 84. They already released her ass. And you know what? (laughs) All these people out here bitching. And I don't know who you are. You might not be listening to the show. You might be, if you're listening to the show and you collect these McFarlane figures and you've ever once complained, they make too many Batman figures. Well, guess what? When I go to my local Walmart, all they have in the toy section are McFarlane Wonder Woman 1984 figures. Mm. And that is the reason they don't make anything but Batman. (laughs) Because Batman sells the shit. Batman is gone. Wonder Woman sits on the shelf, and if you want a Wonder Woman to go with your Zack Snyder Justice League, you better take your little ass down to Walmart and grab you a Wonder Woman 1984 figure, because they ain't making one for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Moving on. (laughs) I'm serious. People, so many people, I see so many people are complaining. They only make Batman. This is DC Multiverse, not Batman Multiverse. No, it's Batman Multiverse. As long as you're not buying Superman figures, Wonder Woman figures, Green Lantern figures, Flash figures, Joker figures, it's going to be Batman. Mm, yeah. It's going to be because Batman sells. And I've also seen personally, you have your money where your mouth is here. Like there, you've, you've got all the, the figures. Your, yours are all not just Batman and Superman. It's no. not. No, yeah. It's you've, not. you've, you've, uh, you've, you've divested. Yeah. And I don't have all of them. They're, they're animated series figures. Batman included were shit. Sure. And I, I ignored those. And they're, you know, uh, Detective and Action Comics 1000 figures were shit. They looked weird. And it was like their first things they put out. And they looked weird. They didn't look right. And I was like, I'm not supporting this. But I'll be damned, man. They came out with, you know, freaking White Knight Batman and he looked on point. They mm. came out with White Knight Joker on point. Uh, Rebirth Flash on point. Man, they got Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker's on my freaking shelf right now. Mm. Red Death is on my shelf. Mm. Teen Titans Cyborg is on my shelf. 84, Wonder Woman 1984, Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman in the Gold Armor on my shelf. Arkham Mm. Knight, Batman, and Deathstroke on my shelf. Like, I've got a bunch of them because they look fantastic. They make fantastic figures. I'll, I'll purchase them. I'm sick. (laughs) <laughs> I've got a problem. I have real issues. I've got a Batman who laughs. <laughs> like, mm. uh, dude, I've got a Flashpoint Batman, Thomas Wayne, like up oh, here so holding good. his guns. Uh, yeah, that's just great. Uh, you make something looks janky as hell. Like they're animated series figures. They're animated uh, Superman, John Stewart, and Batman. That shit's right. gonna stay on the shelf. And I've gone to Walmart's. I've been to Walmart's. That shit's going for 15, 14 bucks. And I'm like, I'm still going, eh, can we knock it down to nine? Mm, yeah, I can feel that. But whatever. Um, so, yeah, January 5th, Warner Brothers extended Walter Hamada, uh, his deal as president, through 2023. Mm-hmm. And they said a bunch of nice things about him. Toby Emmerich, you know, sucked his dick appropriately, as as they do. Even Ann Sarnoff from Warner Media said, Walter is an incredibly talented, well-respected executive uh, known by his colleagues and our filmmakers as a great collaborator. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, probably true, but. Uh, and to that, Ray Fisher said, it's weird how these reactionary announcements from WB Pictures always forget to mention that Walter Hamada was working directly with Jeff Johns and Toby Emmerich on Shazam during Justice League reshoots more soon. The thing, though. And I stand with Ray Fisher, whatever. But the thing, though, is, is how much did Walter know? I'm not saying he shouldn't have 
said, let's throw Joss under the bus and keep Jeff around. But if he, when he was, he was, Shazam was with New Line when Walter was Mm -hmm. in charge at New Line. So he was mainly working on Shazam. He wasn't really working on Justice League too much, from what I understand. Yeah. It all comes down to how much did he know, when did he know it, and how much power did he have at the time. So I know Ray's on a crusade, and that's fine. You know. And then we had the rap. Umberto Gonzalez came out and said that, uh, well, initially the report said that um, Fisher had stepped down. And then Fisher said, I strongly suggest that you guys amend this article. While I appreciate the reporter's undying desire to do WP pictures and Walter Hamada's bidding, <laughs> it is factually inaccurate. I did not publicly step down from anything. Um, if WB Pictures has made the decision to remove me from the flash rather than address in any way Walter Hamada tampering with a Justice League investigation, that's on them. So, you know, Ray is saying that he tampered with a Justice League investigation, not necessarily that he was completely involved. Um, he says the idea of removing the role rather than recasting it is only being used to try to avoid public backlash. And I would agree with that. Yeah, actually. Um, he says the WB Pictures PR team has struggled to remain, sorry, struggled to regain control of the narrative ever since they failed to bury me in the Justice League investigation with their September 4th hit piece, which unsurprisingly was written by the same reporter. Yeah, you can't report, you, you can't report, you can't trust Umberto. He's full of shit a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has some I gaps. mean, there, there's, you know, a lot of people on my timeline on Twitter have been posting screenshots of reports from from umberto and you're like yeah that was wrong yeah that was wrong yeah it was a bunch of shit yes okay good job yeah some scooby bullshit okay cool yeah so um <laughs> the uh race says the fact is the justice league investigation led to warner media and its affiliates parting away with joss whedon jeff johns will follow suit uh, had Walter Mata gotten his way, none of that would have been possible, and the cycle of abuse would have continued. My team and I are still in deep conversation with Warner Media regarding all of these matters, and Flash or no Flash, we fully intend to see this through. I'll keep you all posted in the meantime. Thank you for your continued support. And uh, Adam B. Very of, of Variety po- uh, posted this this article where he says, according to three sources familiar with John's work with Warner Media, the company remains in a business with him. A Warner uh, Warner Brothers spokesperson confirmed that John's continues to work as the creator and showrunner of Stargirl. Um, part of executive producer Greg Berlanti's expansive suite of shows based on DC Comics properties, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, Ray Fisher, because the, the headline was Jeff John still working with Warner Media, despite Ray Fisher's claim, writer is leaving studio. And Ray responded to the article with, sir, you understood, you're, uh, sir, you understand full well <laughs> the difference between will be following suit and has followed suit. Mm. While I found, while I found the recent Leonard Roberts piece you helped create to be insightful and important, this purposely misleading variety headline and and article is anything but. Um, I, you know, overall, I still feel like Ray's got their number. Yeah, overall, yeah, overall, there's 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 a few bits where I'm just like, eh, I can see where you could have done that differently, Ray. Well, sure, but uh, yeah, no, there's like there's a lot there's a lot going on here. It is. Uh, Now, we know that Warner Brothers has royally screwed the pooch in terms of uh, HBO Max and how the the creatives are handling it. Sure. 
So, I mean, I don't know how they would have done any differently. I think they did the right thing, honestly, for themselves. Um, they kind of forced the creatives into a position where they were like, all right, well, let's see what you got. They couldn't do what they did before with, with Gal and Patty. Oh, no. But yeah. um, it was over. Bloom, yeah. Bloomberg says, though, that uh, Warner Brothers is altering their contracts with partners so they can guarantee payments and they won't be contingent on box office numbers. The deal is also said to increase odds for performance-based bonuses and pay cast and crew members based on revenue collected from HBO Max. Um, reports leaked yesterday from Warner Brothers negotiating with Legendary over the release of Zo- uh, Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> the uh, And that's one of those big movies that Legendary was pissed about. Dune is the other one. And, um, I, you know, uh, and I said this on Twitter. I'm sorry. Based on whatever his name is, the filmmaker who's doing Dune, I can't say his name. Mm-hmm. He did Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. Based on Dune, what Dune is and his specific pedigree as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. I am sure he would create a wonderful, beautiful film that no one would go watch. <laughs> they have said, oh, putting it out on HBO Max is going to make it to where there's not a sequel. There was never going to be a sequel. It's Dune. Nobody gives a shit about Dune except for people who like Dune, the, the, the old movie or the novel. And most of those people were people who just like the novel. Nobody knows Dune. Mm. You know, I, I watched the trailer for Dune and I thought that looks badass. I'm going to watch that when it comes to a streaming service. Yeah, they're going to, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, you like it if you like it. And I'm okay with Dune. I like Dune all right. Like, but I'm not going to go to the theater for that. I wouldn't have in a normal situation. Oh, no. no, I'm good. And, uh, you know, you're just, it's just another 37 year cycle, you know? And I was responding on Twitter to uh, an article where there was, they were going after Warner Brothers. They were seeking legal uh, action against Warner Brothers. And I'm like, HBO Max is your only chance at Dune being, being a success at all. Yeah. Because there was the, you know, 80s movie. There was the sci-fi original series. That was actually pretty good. Hmm. I haven't seen it. I've got it on DVD. I've got the director's cut on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what? I mean, you're looking at 37 more years between films before they, you know, haul that out and go, well, some people know Dune. Oh, mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope you have enough spice stored up to last <laughs> you another 37 years. Because that was that's never going to be like a do. captured audience kind of situation. No. So anyway, uh, no, that, but those who <laughs> loved it were always going to love it. Yes. It's the same with Blade Runner. It's Blade Runner all over again. Yeah. It just is. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate to say it. I hate to be the one to brings, you know, a pragmatic approach to this. You know, going back to Dennis Miller, he has that great bit about, uh, you know, uh, how he's a pragmatist and that really just means he's an asshole. But <laughs> anyway, Bloomberg uh, reports uh, that Warner Brothers New Deal would give anyone with anyone their bonus at half of the box office hall normally needed. So if a movie needed to make $300 million for filmmakers and cast to receive a bonus, now it just needs to make $150. Mm. Uh, they also account for more theater closures in a stipulation dubbed the COVID-19 multiplier. Um, 
And people mm. will also benefit from on-demand and online sales. Internally, okay. HBO Max is paying Warner Brother fees for each film getting a simultaneous premiere with the money shared among cast and crew, as well as those with performance incentives in their contracts. Nice. So they're doing a little something. So, <laughs> unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm annoyed by this, and I shouldn't be. I should be excited, but I'm not. Um, maybe I'll feel differently later, but Man of Steel. Zack Snyder tells comic book debate that an IMAX remaster is not off the table. He says, I think it's worth a look. It probably needs a remaster. It's been a while since we've taken a look at it. BVS happened because we had noticed that there was a color mistake in one of the releases of Batman v Superman. We just looked into it and I was like, hey, what happened? I guess it's a technical snafu. And I was like, this is a great opportunity for us to go back and fix it and do the IMAX release and let everybody see every bit of it, see the whole movie. So, I mean, shit, whatever. Uh, uh, Okay. I'm happy to look into it, but damn, uh, that movie looked really good. Yeah. I mean, you know, changing the whole aspect ratio. Okay. That's fine. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll buy a copy of it. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) I'll, I'll still be really happy with what I have. Fair enough. I understand. Uh, this last piece of movie news I just thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Donner, the beloved, the much worshipped DC director uh, of uh, Superman the movie and part of Superman 2. Sure. <laughs> um, in a new interview uh, with The Telegraph, talked about how uh when his movie came out the uh the christian audience was not necessarily very pleased with him uh the evangelical christians sent him several letters like he got a lot of letters mm. and uh death That'll threats happen, man. He, he says they threatened my life he says one woman wrote a letter saying how dare i compare brando to god and christopher reeve to <laughs> jesus she said my mm. blood would run in the streets <laughs> Mm. <laughs> he says, I guess you make a good movie. Somebody takes it as reality. So, you know, just mm. to put it, things in perspective a little bit, not everything is like everybody always loved Donner and everyone always hated Snyder. No, sure. apparently plenty of people didn't like Donner's Superman either. <laughs> yeah. And they survived. Well. Except uh, for the satanic panic. Yeah. Let's get to some TV. Sure. Uh, let's celebrate Doom Patrol season three production is underway. Love Doom Patrol. Can't wait for more. Yep. That's the end of that. That's that's where all there is. Um, I don't know what the source is here, but Green Lantern HBO Max series, uh, has revealed new details about Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. Mm -hmm. The description for Jessica is as follows. Protecting the galaxy is hard enough. It's even tougher when you're the type of person who is uncomfortable leaving the apartment. Nice. Life forced Jessica to, to become self-reliant at a young age. She worked her way through school while taking care of her younger sister. She's bright, determined. Looking at her, you'd never know. The struggle was going on inside of her. Uh, Jessica lives with a sometimes crippling anxiety disorder. She's been fighting fear longer than any of our other lanterns. Oh, I like it. I'm down. Uh, for Simon Baz, for as long as he can remember, Simon's loved the Green Lanterns. Using his innate charm and gift of gab, he works in Detroit as a vendor. However, business hasn't been good lately. In the wake of 9-11, America has grown distrustful of young Middle Eastern men. That's it. 
<laughs> I mean, it seems about, you know, 20 years late, but whatever. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Historically, it, it, we've still got some work to do there. It'll oh, okay. no, I'm not saying we don't. I'm just saying, you know, 9-11 is definitely kind of an old-ish topic to be like zeroed in on. But, you know, whatever. That's fine. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, if they do it well, I'll be I'll be smitten story wise. Either way, I'll I'll be right there for it. Eh, I don't know. I wouldn't make a bet, but I I think there's a lot to cover there. Mm-hmm. They could. Um, this I'm not necessarily happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Mask has been confirmed to be one of season two's big bads on Batwoman, mm-hmm. and it uh, looks like you know. Sophia is going to be one of the big, uh, the big problems. And then, uh, the false face society is going to be, uh, with black mask is going to be, uh, later on in the season. I am not a big black mask fan. I think that's probably one of the reasons I really liked birds of prey because they made him interesting for once. Sure. That oh, was yeah, my that take was compelling on it. As fuck. I know that, you know, we, we had listeners and we had people that we knew in our lives who were like, they'll never do Black Mask right. And I'm like, did you watch Under the Red Hood? He was as Black Mask as a Black Mask gets. Like, he was as <laughs> comic book Black Mask as you could find. Yeah. Um, as far as in live action, well, I mean, that was like the first time, right? I mean, except for maybe Gotham, but are we counting that? Eh, kind of. Barely. So, it's you know. Tangential. I liked what Ewan McGregor did with it. I yeah. liked what Kathy Yan uh, put forth. And, uh, of course, um, lady who wrote the movie that I can't remember. Christina Hodson, is that her name? That feels right. But, that does uh, feel right. Shit. Whew. Um, did you watch this? Been a minute on that one. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's going to be better than normally Black Mask is. Mm. Let's make him another, you know, flamboyant misogynist. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll like him. Yeah. I don't think he's an interesting character again. Did you watch this Superman and Lois trailer? They called it a trailer. Yeah, I felt like a teaser. No. Yeah, I... Where like Superman is like flying around some bad CGI. Yeah. I lame. I... Sorry. I <laughs> I'm I'm actually excited about the show. I just Yeah. Wasn't super pumped about that that little bit. It looked like shit. You can say it, man. It looked it, stupid. It it reminded me of when they put out that stupid teaser of, of Stargirl. You remember when they put Stargirl, the Stargirl teaser out with like the weird like cartoon multicolored lockers on the mm-hmm. bad green screen? And everybody was like, is this what the show's going to look like? It looks like something from the freaking <laughs> mid-90s Disney Channel. What oh, are we doing? But yes. and, and the show didn't look anything like that. The show looked cinematic. Yeah, the show was damn near Larry Fong doing the cinematography, but this teaser and so we can't judge what Superman and Lois is going to be from this teaser. I just don't understand why they're so desperate to get anything out that they're willing to put out such horse shit that makes people think the show is going to be crap. It it definitely did not come across that way for the average person, and uh, I'm I'm not saying the average person was wrong, like. A lot of what people love this. Say? Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't a see lot anything of but negativity. Loved this trailer or teaser or whatever you want to call it. Not any people that I saw, but I mean, yeah, maybe no, that's how things work online. Yeah, maybe you've cultivated 
a timeline of unerring positivity. <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've created. I kind of hope that's true. You have created a poly in a pocket for yourself. I have not. <laughs> and if even that was true, I would probably have brought it uh, to to ends myself. But no, I I um, I, I didn't find like this. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I saw plenty of hate for it. But I also saw a lot of people saying like, yeah, you know what? Like it's it's uh, super positive in, in its affect. And um, honestly, a lot of what it felt like was just people kind of excited by the fact that they were trying to go for something, which is yeah. fine. Especially Even- kind of in the days of, you know, if you're on that team trying to have to put out kind of a little bit of a fucked up, it's a bit of a fucked up assignment is it not like uh yes yeah, it's, it's messed up i mean they send you an audio of tyler hecklin sounding as bored as he possibly could reading something that's supposed to sound somewhat inspirational <laughs> i i think that will come across better than you're describing it but okay i you know to me i i woke up i was like oh awesome i was excited i was like this is gonna be cool this is a Superman Lois trailer. I've been, I'm looking forward to the show. I like. Hecklin oh no, this Superman. is not the trailer. And then I looked at like, it. Specifically it just, Tulloch, uh, like the, like Lois said, this is not the trailer for our show. No, I mean, I would say that too, if I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that it, it, it's a couple of days late saying that if you're, if you're talking about like day zero, but yeah, no, it, <laughs> they, they, yeah, like it's, it, this is not what everyone's standing behind. Uh-huh. And it just, it did look a little weird. Like, given the entire state of the DCCW before mm-hmm. that trailer, yeah, it was it was a bit weird. It was, it was off. It was weird. What are you going to do? It looked like it dribbled out of a sick dog's asshole. It no, was bad. No, not that bad. I would not say worse. That bad. It was the fever, fever dream of someone who was a producer of that show. That should look like 1980s Doctor Who when they first discovered CGI at the BBC. It no. was burned. No. No. <laughs> that was the trailer of a person who had watched all of those trailers that you're talking about. <laughs> so... Let's move on. Who was originally employed in the mid 2000s? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. The CW has officially confirmed. We are going to be terribly, like, just so off <laughs> with our speculations about the people who actually worked on those. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CW has confirmed they are not ordering Green Arrow and the Canaries to series. Um, Guggenheim said the decision was made back during the start of the pandemic, which I believe was the deciding factor. The actual announcement was made today, which he has explained. Yes, he's known for this long. Mm. And uh, yes, he has been saying the whole time. I don't really know. That's not for me to say because it's the CW's news to share. Dude, it's Guggenheim. But it's Guggenheim. This is another example of what we mean when we say that he's a liar. We don't believe Guggenheim. We don't believe any of these sons of bitches. No, Bastards, no, this is one of the examples are. of when I actually believe him. When he says, uh, when he says it's like new news to him, I actually believe that. 
Like, he I didn't say that. He, him he knew. He knew. He just said it wasn't his news to share, so he didn't. He just kept saying, I don't know. He knew. Yeah. He said the decision was made back in at the no, beginning of the they pandemic. They also probably sold it to him the entire time. It was like, well, I don't know, but probably this. I just, I look, I am not. I'm not even mad about the decision. I, like, I think he's a little bit outside of what's happening in DC right now. Like, I mean, he is, but I mean, well, he's working at HBO Max. He's not dealing with CW right now, anyway. Yeah, there's that. not for real. But to the extent that he could probably say within reason, like, "Hey, dude, I I was not in on this." But oh no, know. it was. He knew it just wasn't his decision. Um, I kind of knew. Yeah, it's kind of been dead. How are you feeling about it? I kind of couldn't say it. Like, seriously, though, how are you How are you feeling about them not doing Green Arrow and the Canaries? I'm okay. Me too. I, um, I'm i not a big fan. I, even though she did better as Black Siren, I am not a Katie Cassidy fan. I not do not. That. I, I don't care for her. I don't like uh, Mac, McNamara, whatever her name is. I didn't like Mia Queen. I thought she overacted. I thought she was... Quite honestly, kind of bad in the role for for the most part, um, and we have enough as far as that's concerned. I don't need a bad show. And look, they're going to have to do the future, which is always problematic. They're going to have to come up with new forms of technology, which is going to cost more money. Hmm. Um, I want it. Yeah. I want to. I want the show wrapped up in an episode of Legends. I am concerned about William, <laughs> but. Because he's not doing great, whatever the hell right. that's happening right now. But in total honesty, even though I'm most consistently saying, give me all the things, I feel relief. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I um, I wasn't super on board with that uh, that show to begin with. That didn't um, need Arrow Beyond. Because yeah, <laughs> that's totally what I it was. That's totally what it was. I mean, I yeah, I, I I can roll with you there. I, I um, or as I told Brent on Fans Up, or as I told him, it was uh, <laughs> it was like the Arrow version of After Mash. <laughs> yeah, like, I can see that. It's like two characters from the show just didn't want it to end, so they kind of went over and did this thing. There <laughs> really are parts of it that sounded really interesting and good, but overall, I I I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with them staying in the future. wrap it up on legends y'all wrap it up on legends just sorry i'm not i'm not yeah it's okay to be sorry i'm not sorry about my feelings oh no no the feelings are there to be proud of or sorry for like it's it's okay to me it's okay to be like sorry that i'm uh not enthusiastic about a project yeah, you know, I mean, in this age of superhero, uh, as they put it in that article, a glut mm-hmm. of DC superheroes, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like just, be, you know, my dad grew up poor, you know, when he was mm-hmm. a kid, he was really poor. And, uh, but now uh, he's a hoarder. Sure. And uh, that is equally detrimental in some ways. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say no to a thing. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not stop on the side of the road and pick up a bag full of old newspapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need the old bag of newspapers or the I bag of old that newspapers. That sounded more foreign than it did, but that that we don't need the bag of old newspapers that is Green Arrow and the Canaries. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of get it. Yeah, like Dad, I love you. I'm sorry you grew up poor. 
And we didn't grow up rich by any stretch, but good God, you gotta stop picking up the bags full of newspapers. Right. It's not like you're hoarding depression glass, which is worth like thousands per ounce or whatever the fuck it yeah. is. Please stop referring to aluminum, aluminum cans as your retirement, dude. Like, it's you, weird. You've got expired dry oatmeal. Do you know how hard that is to, <laughs> to actually have? I could use it as some kind of quick creep. No, you can't, Dad. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. I hope everyone understands how quickly I'm coming up with this stuff because it's not fake. It is real. This is, real. <laughs> <laughs> this is my actual life. Um, speaking of Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. <laughs> they have added Aaliyah O'Brien in a mysterious role. She'll play a character called Kayla, a fearsome warrior with a high body count and low patience for human incompetence. She'll be put through her paces working with and against the legends, as she's certainly not used to messing anything up, much less for the better. I'm sure I'll like her, but she'll be playing a character on Legends. Mm-hmm. No telling what that'll bring. Uh, disruption. And eventually they'll learn to accept her. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, she'll learn to accept them and all of their flaws. And by the time I actually start liking her, she'll leave the show. <laughs> you know, that that's the variable that I'm uh, willing to say is still going to be a variable. I'll say this, I understand though. the format of the show is, uh, you know, uh, oh, you know, some outsiders, we have to learn to accept them. I'm, I'm good with that. I'll say this, though. I liked Zari the whole last time. <laughs> She was kind of a bad bitch the entire time. So that makes sense. That's like teenage heartthrob shit for me. Like she was like a young, hot version of like freaking, uh, B Arthur. That's, <laughs> that's possibly the, <laughs> she had that comedic timing, that demeanor. No, she did. Yeah. She had a dismissive demeanor. And I say I say it in the past tense. Sure she's that, still on the I show, but no she's playing a different version. Follow you here. She's playing a different version of her character, and she's a little different. She's not really quite that anymore. But mm. you know, you know, because in season three, B played a demigod mm-hmm. controlling water. Sure. You only Golden ever Girls saw was it lit, because y'all. she just went to the kitchen and turned on the tap. Yeah, Golden Girls was lit, y'all. Y'all don't remember. You don't even know. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so they're making a Justice Society animated film. Mm-hmm. It's called World War II. Justice Society World War II. Of course. Uh, they uh, they uh, <laughs> announced the cast on Thursday. Hollywood Reporter did. Um, Matt Bomber, or Bomer, however you say his name. You know, it's a negative man from Doom Patrol. Sure. And Stana Kattuk, I don't know her. Uh, they'll be voicing the Flash, but one that is specifically not Jay Garrick and uh, Kadic will be Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. The rest of the voice cast for the Justice Society includes uh, Alicia Rotaro as Black Canary, Chris Diamantopoulos as Steve Trevor, Omid Abtahi as Liam McIntyre uh, as Aquaman, uh, Ashley Lathrop as Iris West. Uh, Jeffrey Arend as Charles Halstead slash advisor, Keith Ferguson as Dr. Fate and Darren DePaul as Roosevelt. So um, <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't did know you expect people. any of that to mean anything to me. 
I, well, maybe because you know voice actors more than I do. Uh, only and, occasionally. And I'll say generally when I read these lists off, you will go, oh, and you'll be really excited about, you know, some person. Oh, I'll okay. be like, All right. who did so, they play? And then you'll tell me, oh, it was Bender's third cousin on Futurama. And I'll be like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I remember that shit. Um, so, yeah, I, that's generally why I give you those cast no, lists okay. because Fair you enough. usually have like one or two people on the cast that you are genuinely excited about and you know about. So, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I failed you this time. No. Uh, or you failed me in some way, I guess. 20-year-old uh, voice actors, I, I, I've, um, I have nothing to contribute there. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, it says while this movie takes place in World War II, it looks like as there will be some element of time travel involved. There are two Flash characters. They're, they assume that there's going to be a Barry Allen involved. Yeah, that's a good bet. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Bruce Tim isn't involved. It's directed by Jeff Wamester, uh, who directed Marvel's uh, animated Guardian of the Galaxy show. And sure. uh, the script was by Megan Fitzmartin and Jeremy Adams. Yeah, I don't know any of these people, but, um, you know, no Bruce Tim, no Paul Dini, none of those people. So we can guess that none of these people will have protruding nipples. Terribly less fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and we can move right on over to fan or listener feedback. I mm-hmm. was told we shouldn't say fan feedback because it sounds like we're being egotistical. I'm sorry. Listener feedback. Mm-hmm. Chris Balga of the fantastic podcast, uh, World's Finest True Believers, and I have no problem saying I'm a fan of that show, not mm-hmm. just a listener, says, uh, what are your, <laughs> I'm such a tool, what are your opinions, <laughs> what are your opinions on the future of the DCCW, Black Lightning and Supergirl in this season? It appears Flash is on life support, with last few years being just awful. And Legends might be the last of the old guard to hang on. Stargirl appears to now be the top show with the jury out on Batwoman now. Did you have some kind of thing you want to bring up? I can't remember for this. Uh, you yeah. had ratings numbers or something. Just just that the Flash is not like on its last gasp. Creatively, I think it attacking. is. Yeah, I mean possibly but i i think creatively it was super stilted by the last season uh i mean it if, has if, gotten worse every year pandemic or no i mean we say that but we say that but it's all subjective we we will admit that i mean the the viewers are still relatively there that's kind of the thing about viewers though is uh it's it's a war of attrition you, mm-hmm. you can get as many as you want to up front and they're all just gonna vanish they will. That's true of any show. Except and, for Seinfeld. And or MASH. No, not even then. <laughs> no, no. That no, Seinfeld was a miracle show. That's one of those things. Like you just No. Syndication just did nothing but build that audience. Like <laughs> as the show. Oh went no, off. syndication's different from like the attrition of the first viewing. Like Well, right, but I'm I'm saying like while the show was in first run, it was gaining viewers, like steamrolling viewers, like and syndication was actually bringing more people to watch the new episodes. Like it was gaining an audience as it went. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, there was plenty on the upside there, but most shows don't do that by any stretch. Most shows lose people until it goes away. All right. Real quick. I'm going to go over five shows. Um, sure. So, uh, Supergirl, uh, 
and I'm just going over the last seasons, uh, 1.5 to 1.07 million viewers. Black Lightning, 1.89 to 1, uh, zero, sorry, 0.89 to uh, 0.547. Legends, uh, 1.35, and they did a dramatic uh, drop to uh, 0.716 in the uh, second episode, and then 0.725 in the bottom, and then um, Flash, like 1.6 to 1.076. So across several shows, there's like a couple hundred thousand dollar uh, person drop off. But point being, it's not that big a drop off. Uh, They all experience the same. Uh, DC's bottom viewership for like last episode before the pandemic ended was 0.725. Supergirl was like 1.074. Black Lightning, 0.547, the lowest so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flash is 1.076. Uh, it's the highest of all of them, sure. frankly. So I don't, like, it's it's not on its last leg by any stretch. Yeah, I don't and think it even is. Even comparing it to Stargirl, like 1.22 uh, to start with and 0.860, like normal attrition, not, it's, it, you know, nothing... It, that's the show's fault as far as the attrition rate but uh yeah like it's uh it's not sand out it's not saving the network it's it's pretty uh par for the course yeah the ratings don't matter also as much anymore because of you know the plus seven numbers the streaming numbers uh you oh, know yeah, we all huge. we all know this but you know i think Creatively speaking, yes, The Flash has struggled in the last few years. I've been less interested in it. The last year was a shit show, in my opinion. The only thing the last year had going for it was Crisis on Infinite Earths. And (laughs) I think Crisis on Infinite Earths was the coolest thing they could have done, but also like the biggest detriment to the Arrowverse because it's a little like I came, I had my cuddle, and now I just want to go to sleep. I don't care what else they put out. Um, That's kind of how I'm feeling. Um, I, you know, Supergirl's ending. I'm fine with that. We have no indication that Supergirl is ending because of ratings. We have every reason to believe that it's ending because Melissa Benoist wants to spend time with her kid. Um, <laughs> Black Lightning is ending and we have every reason to believe that it's a combination of, uh, the the actress playing Jen leaving and them wanting to, you know, evolve the show, them just getting tired of writing that particular storyline and wanting to evolve it into the painkiller storyline. Yeah. So while Black Lightning is ending, we're getting painkiller starring. While Supergirl is ending, we're getting Superman and Lois, you know, uh, and we're also getting Wonder Girl instead of uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries. God, my, uh, ever since it went away, it got canceled or officially canceled, like, it's harder for me to remember the damn name of it every time I reference it. Right. Um, it's, just, it's fading from my memory. The future is what I make it. <laughs> the future is not written. <laughs> no, there's, there's um, a physical ways. Uh, like, all right, so it, it takes a lot to actually make one of these shows. Mm-hmm. And one of them coming or going uh, is uh, it has – uh, on the going side, a lot more to do with the fact that, dude, these are hard to make and they're very taxing. And you they literally are. have to move to another country to make them in some you know, capacities if you're an American citizen or yep. uh, even if you're not. You're uh, you're just dislocated to Vancouver for seven to nine months. 
it's taxing. So when they're not a thing you can make anymore, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense to me. But when they're replaced by other shows that you know, like Superman and Lois, are uh, tangential and make sense and and could be a lot of fun. You know, all by themselves, and we'll just have to like watch the actual episode and see. Yeah, that makes sense too. Like, why would you not keep this formula going, even though yeah. you're finding it and finding ways where it's less uh, like you don't you don't hear about some of the actors that have been uh, like primary. Like, you don't hear uh, Melissa Benoist talk about uh, Vancouver the same way Tom Welling does because right. it, it was sloppy early on and terrible and. Honestly, just it was it was the worst. Like when he talks about it, and you can hear the shiver in his spine when he talks about it. Yeah, that's that's different. Melissa had yeah. a, her own traumas, but a different experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when like when you want to not be away from your family for nine months a year, it, it, dude, fuck, I get it. Yeah, and you know we don't know what's going to happen with Star Girl if Jeff Johns gets ousted. We don't know, you know, here's the thing, you know, like I've said before, like I've talked about before, if mm-hmm. Jeff Johns leaves and the show goes to shit or it gets worse in any capacity, I'm sorry, but I would rather it get worse than Jeff Johns get kicked off. Um, now, that said, you know, I, Flash went downhill dramatically when Andrew Kreisberg left. It just did. <laughs> that said, good riddance, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh I, I think saying, Flash, some people are good at things and bad at others. Yes. Good at stories, bad, bad. at not creeping out and, you know, subordinates and shit, you know? There you go. Yeah. Don't, don't pull your dick out. Don't hire people because you like their titties in a show. That's yeah. weird. That's weird, man. Um, like those bad attributes will not be overlooked, hopefully, if you're just actually good at writing something. Yeah, uh, you know, or maybe you just you know, if the titties were that much of a factor, don't tell your coworkers. Uh, the, yeah, they're always the uh, keeping it to yourself. Melissa Benoist is a good actress. There, it wasn't like people were going. I can't believe he hired her. She's a terrible actress. Oh, I bet she. He only liked her titties in that show. She's pretty good, honestly. Yeah. You could have gotten away with that. <laughs> you didn't have to tell them, you know, the thing about Melissa is. You remember when the titties. <laughs> the sentence that is the fall of man. <laughs> Do you remember the titties? Do you remember when the titties? <laughs> no exaggeration. Wars have been fault. It, I can only imagine he said that to someone. It is a good reflection on us. And he seems like an awkward dude anyway. Like every every interview I've ever seen with Andrew Kreisberg, he seems like an awkward creeper sort. A little bit. Um, he just seems like the kind of guy who would drag someone aside and be like, you know, the reason I hired her or pushed for her was because in that scene and the blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what show it was. Apparently, she had titties in a show. Homeboy, I believe. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> well, I guess the the creeper on this show has been ousted. No, um. no. And, um, <laughs> in, in Supergirl, uh, her and uh, Alex watch Homeland. Okay. And I, I just thought it was like a really brave uh, way of 
addressing the fact that she had been topless in that show. Just owning it. Yeah. I don't understand why topless is such a big deal anyway. I just legitimately don't. Like, nipples are nipples are nipples. You know, I don't give a shit. Who cares? All right. So, my uh, my opinion on the future of the DCCW is uh, if they keep going, which I suspect they will based on every announcement they've, they've had. It's like fine. 35% of their income at this point. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's not going anywhere, I don't think. But... You know, does does my personal interest in it, uh, has it diminished? Yes. I am, but I'm in a weird place right now. I'm in a, because of what's going on with Warner Brothers and Warner Media and the Ray Fisher thing and all the Patty Jenkins shit and not particularly caring about Wonder Woman 1984 very much. I, uh, I'm in a weird place where I'm kind of down on all of it a little bit and I'm sure that'll change. Right. Um, you know, and I have numerous times over, over the five years we've been doing this show, you know, things get very, I start to feel, uh, defeated. Sure. Because, you know, Warner brothers in DC that they don't have to do what Marvel does, uh, but you know, I would like something a little more unified and whether they do it by multiverse hook or crook, whatever, but I want mm-hmm. them to, I want them to get their shit together and I want them to treat their people right. And, uh, I don't want every freaking release to be mired in controversy. Well, sure. I would like to be able to enjoy a thing without sitting there thinking that person was, you know, treated poorly because the producer liked their titties. That person was treated poorly because they're black and they had their skin lightened. You know, I got all, I'm tired of that shit. I want them to treat people like they should be treated, you know, and, is it feels like we're far, we're a long way from that right at this point. So my problems with the DCCW are just my problems with Warner brothers right now. I yeah. think overall, I mean, that's fair. And you know, as the last few years have, uh, kind of finally brought to fruition it it's not necessarily just a problem here. It's, it's, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but yeah, I try to, I try to find my happiness. I'm, I'm really excited about Doom Patrol. I'm really excited about season three of Harley Quinn, which brings us to the, uh, to the next question. Jay Scotty St. Clair over on Twitter says, although I have seen slash heard many gushing about the Harley Quinn animated series, nothing could have quite prepared me for the absolute refreshing revelation that it is. Kudos to Kuoko, which other unconventional DC characters lend themselves to an adult animated comedy? Um, well, yeah, first of all, Harley Quinn is fantastic. Yeah. The kudos Um, are in order. Oh my Lord. It's one of my favorite things that DC has released in the last several years. Mm, It's gorgeous. Um, Fantastic. Uh, as for your answer, ambush bug. Yeah. Ambush bug. That's where I was going to. Space cabbie comes to mind pretty quickly. Um, can you imagine a plastic man, an adult plastic man show? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can based on that devious laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember the Grant Morrison JLA comics, Grant Morrison. And I think Mark Wade did it too. Mm-hmm. We're like, I, where plastic man just kept pretending to be different objects, like dresses and shit. He was like, he was big Barda's dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she realizes her, her tight red dress has a yellow stripe down the, down the side. Ah, that's good. <laughs> And then, like, uh, Wonder Woman finds that her there's a lamp in her hotel room that, that looks, that's the uh, Plastic Man's colors. Like, you perverted piece of shit. 
Um, yeah, uh, an adult themed Plastic Man could be really fun. I, I want to say like a Plastic Man where he's always part of the heist, but in some ways uh, he like calls out the actual uh, the the robbers, and in some ways protects them depending on yeah. uh, the depravity of their actions. Yeah. And I think like, I would want to see the whole, like, I don't want to like, just kind of pop in. He's plastic man already. I'd want to see like the origin story and then like how he becomes plastic man and how he uses that for bad at first and then shifts it mm. and becomes a good guy. And by the end of the show, he has like, even as a good guy, he, he is like answering to people who don't have the power he does, but he has very little self-confidence. And by the end of the show, it would really deal with him understanding that he's the most powerful mother effer in the DC universe and could kill like everybody. Like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing too. Yeah. So I that, can imagine a scene where like somebody's <laughs> about to rob a, a counter and they like they pull it up and and somebody's like, why is this necklace blinking at me? Mm-hmm. And and have to kind of sort out like, oh no, 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 sorry, 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 that was ill, that was ill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you got to have like and the heart like, too. You haven't hurt anybody yet. You can just, you can just, you can surrender. No one's, no one's the worst for wear. It's okay, right? But you got to have the heart too. So you've got to have like, you got to show him being a Justice League member trying to turn the right leaf. And then, like, his failed relationship. And then, but ultimately, he's got to choose between being the most badass, you know, super-powered creature in the galaxy or in the, on Earth or whatever. Mm. And just being a good dad. Well, sure. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm down for that. I think I pitched myself and, and, and bought my own show. <laughs> like, <laughs> if only I had the money to do it. Mm. Um, and also, of course, the rote response booster and blue beetle always and forever Boost, eh. booster and blue beetle sure obviously i always want to see them in whatever medium you got you know hey day what kind of animated series would you like booster and blue beetle what kind of animated uh, adult show would you like booster and blue beetle what kind of live action movie would you like booster and blue beetle how about yeah. a tv show booster blue beetle <laughs> uh, you know what are you going for here dave <laughs> <laughs> Think the old uh, B and B? I grew up on buddy cop mm. movies. What do you want? Yeah, that's fair. I want Dumb and Dumber and Super in Justice League. That's what I want. That's totally fair. Actually, that that would actually be kind of fun. Is rated R, but it's entirely from like Crypto's perspective. Uh, just just literally cussing everyone out the entire time. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> every time it starts to turn to like a curse word, it goes out of like the crypto first person perspective to just beep, 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 beep. See, I want crypto to have his own adventures, you know, but every time he's like every once in a while, like any interaction he has with the human world, he looks over and what we see is like Flash and Superman shaking hands after a job well done. What Crypto sees is them having sex doggy style <laughs> because he just thinks every humans, all humans are ever. You know how like humans, no, when they see, when no, they see two dogs Crypto's interacting, when they see two humans interacting or when, when humans see two dogs interacting, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, you're about to hump something. Stop smelling that. That's dirty. I want the opposite to be true. Where it's like the the dogs just see two humans shaking hands and they're like, 
Those poor humans. <laughs> All right, we got one more piece of feedback. Uh, wait, no, we don't. We got more. Nah. Uh, let, let's get to some of this. I forgot about this. I'm mm. a piece of shit. I Again. apologize. I'm apologizing. Um, I did mean to, uh, Dr. Steve, wonderful, beautiful Dr. Steve sent us mm-hmm. this, uh, this article that said that uh, Harry Lennox confirms he's Martian Manhunter in the Snyder cut. I'm, uh, he says, I'm idiotically pumped for this. I read my first DC comics 55 years ago and seeing these characters come to life never gets old for me. I'm excited about that too. Love to see Harry Lennox come for the Snyder cut. I assumed he was, but, uh, it's nice to see that confirmation. Oh yeah. No, uh, that. The solidification is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for sending that to us, Doc. Mm-hmm. Now, um, let's see. The uh, Sorry, I lost my place here. You know how Twitter does the thing. Mm, yep. You know what they do. It's rough. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Brandon Bayham on Twitter uh, uh, for Wonder Woman 1984 says, Oh boy, did I have mixed feelings on this one? I watched with my six year old daughter and she loved it, which is great. I was lightly disappointed at first, but eventually found myself feeling exactly how David C. Robertson felt about it. The end credit scene was a major letdown. See, I, I can live with the letdown of the movie, but in credit, yeah, I'm okay was with the there. end credit. It was just there. It didn't, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying that it's setting up the Amazon series and I guess maybe, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know about that either. It didn't seem necessarily pertinent to anything. Um, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? I, I, I do think you have to uh, accept that fan service is a thing that A, will happen, and B, you have to be okay with. And uh, if all that's the case, then C, I was okay with the fan service here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's setting up necessarily anything. Nah, I'm, not, no. I'm not sure it'll ever show up again. I don't need it to. Well, I, I enjoyed the little uh, the little nod. Yeah. Uh, Nerdy Tastic says, uh, my review of Wonder Woman 1984, I saw the first movie multiple times in the theater. I own it on Blu-ray. I saw Wonder Woman 1984 once, and I think <laughs> I'm good. It is a missed opportunity and has quite a few questionable ethics. I don't think they thought through well. And the fight and flight scenes were kind of bad, especially the running in the de- in the desert. It looked like she was on a treadmill. Yeah, that part was bad. Yeah, it was. It looked I think, bad. She says, I think I just liked her beating up bad guys. But to go from World War One to the mall, what was she doing in World War Two? When did she go back to Paradise Island to get the golden armor? What was she doing from the 1900s to the 1980s? Well, to be fair, I don't think she went back to Paradise Island necessarily to get the armor. I think they just found it because she was, you know, doing the archaeology gig. Uh... Yeah, you can make an argument that it makes it to her, even if she kind of subverts it. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, what is it doing chilling there? Eh, that was a little bit plot convenient, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, some of the same conceptual problems you have are really valid. Yeah. Matthew Salvatore says, great review, guys. I find my opinion to fall in between you both. I didn't love it or hate it. To be honest, I was just kind of whelmed by it. <laughs> Gal continues to be amazing. Action was a little meh. I didn't like the Make-A-Wish plot. Lord wasn't for me. I liked Cheetah. <laughs> uh, and uh, just Josh and Witya says, listening to the 1984 cast, is it just not the movie you wanted to see? I mean, come on. Ha ha. No, it wasn't. I mean. I thought it was pretty clear on that. Yeah, I was mostly. 
I have more problems, but uh, mostly okay with what I saw. Yeah, yeah. Mm. See, that's the thing. That's what was so confusing to me is like, you know, you liked it a lot more than I did, but the show is given the idea or, or is, you know, the reputation for our show is we didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I no, didn't like it. I mean, you liked it. I didn't. My major problems are. Yeah, I think the body swapping thing was uh, a huge misstep, and um, I would have preferred a little less uh, leaning in on the Hope's Beach kind of ending. But other than that, I was pretty happy with a lot of the beats uh, by themselves. Yeah. I mean, if you'd handed me like 12 pages of this movie and said to shot it, like to get it shot, uh, I'd have been pretty happy with what I did. Mm hmm. Um, you know, my, my most important note that I have about any of this, you mm-hmm. know, is you have a difference of opinion and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset with you about it. Why I don't hate you? you. You know, I'm not blocking you. We're not ending the I show. I blocked you on every channel we have. I wouldn't blame you. I have some very biased hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> I made up extra outlets and blocked you there. No, I, you know, I, it's you okay to disagree. blush and flappy to flip. Mm-hmm. 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 You ever show up there, you're blocked. That's fine. If I ever travel to a Rick and Morty universe where those things are real, I will be very upset. Well, now I'm scared because that was the only way I got there. Mm. Uh, we have one more piece of feedback. safe. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Not from me. We have one more fe- piece of feedback, and I have no response to it other than just to laugh because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I did when I listened to it. It is a voicemail from our friend. Uh, Nathan Wobbly Boots 85 mm-hmm. and uh, he agrees with me on Wonder Woman 1984 so you know I don't have anything to, to really contribute oh, I've said my piece uh, do you have anything Jason did, or do you even listen to it yet oh I did and okay. uh, nope I've got that uh, sounds reasonable <laughs> disagree on a couple points but yeah I get it man I get it yeah, yeah. so we're going to leave you with that and uh, until next time Keep some DC on your screen and enjoy this message, this editorial, we shall say, from Nathan Wobbly Boots 85. Hey, Jason. Nathan here. Wobbly Boots 85. Long time, no talk. I just would like to say that I could not agree more with Dave on WW84 in my book. Oh, God, what a suck fest. Just super suckety sucking suck. Just like a fucking... You know, the, the whole movie was just like a bag of smashed buttholes with all the good ones picked out. In my humble opinion, if you like the movie, that's great. But what a just downgrade from that first one. And uh, I, I hope she learns how to do screenwriting better or doesn't let anybody else tamper with her idea. Either way, whatever, execution, all of it, I see could have been much better like the first one. Uh, but I just wanted to call it that. I really agreed with Dave, and I was shocked at how much venom he fit towards it. And I just wanted to say high five. All right, guys, keep up, uh, keep up the good work and keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.